Yes. And then I will come back. I might actually crack open those Doritos. We're back on audio. No Doritos on this cast, dude. What? No. I'll lean away from the camera. Approach it. Um, so, if people are having questions about the auction, which is going on right now, yes. um, then the way to p- put a bid in is to send us an email to tips. At t- Come on in, Scott. We're, we're, not, we're not standing on ceremony here. Um, you send an email bid to tipsattested.com. What's the high bid right now, Norm? $351. $351. And all you got to do is, in the subject line, uh, have a walking dead auction and then the amount you want to bid. And I think we have one hour left on this auction. Um, yes. And we will call out the name of the person uh, who made the winning bid. In the last the 10 bid. or 15, maybe 20 minutes, you, yes. maybe you'll, you'll uh, call out and, and, it, yes. and let, let people know where the bid are. If, bids they, are. if they allow us to. Very yeah. good. If they're okay with it. Uh, when Joey lets me know that the video's back on, I'll introduce you, Scott, and, and we can start talking about stuff. Cool. Um, so, yeah, you've not been here before, have you? No. This, this is, is our, we have, t- feel free to take a look around. We have uh, stuff that we like and things from places we've been and, uh, um, you know, a portal gun and some Lego and some 3D printed <laughs> stuff. And as, as you do. Some other things. Uh, a doer. A what? A doer. A doer. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, a friend of ours over in Berkeley makes uh, mugs out of like liquid nitrogen doers, cryogenic gas doers. Oh. So you can drink beer in them, and the beer stays cold for a very long time. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, it's really good. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, Joey, we're back. And we're back. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Octobercast 2012. Norman Chan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. We're Still in- going strong. I'm pacing myself. Strategically, okay. Um, not got, diving into the coffee. Starting off with Diet Coke. What's your caffeine strategy for this uh, endeavor? Starting off with Diet Coke, okay. then going into Black Blood of the Earth. Okay. Then, as a, as a boost through the uh, dark times, mm-hmm. the uh, the two o'clock to eight o'clock mm-hmm. hours, and then going into uh, sugar free Red Bull. Very good. Uh, we're joined this hour by Scott Sorensen, who uh, we met earlier this year, I guess, for the first time. Yeah. Uh, seems seems right. It seems like it's been longer than that now. But talk it to the mic. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. And you can adjust for height. Uh, you want to talk into the front of it. It's one of those. One of those. Huh? Yeah. And you can lower, raise. But uh, a quick oh, no, 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 actually, uh, reminder: if you are just joining us, uh, we are doing a twenty-four hour podcast called Octobercast, and this is all for charity, Child's Play charity. Uh, if you want to donate, go to tested.com forward slash donate, um, and there are various ways you can uh, watch the feed, listen to the feed live, and all be archived. <laughs> and if you're watching. On the archive, the donations are open for about two weeks after the show. So, uh, so you know, just because you missed the live show doesn't mean that you can't you know chip in. The ch- uh, Child's Play uh, gives comfort to sick kids, so they provide toys and games and stuff like that to kids in children's hospitals around the world. Excellent. So, uh, so yeah, Scott, uh, Gary, I don't think you guys have met each other before. Uh, Scott uh, works with Jamie and Adam on MythBusters, and um, we had a lovely time at Comic Con, just kind of sitting around shooting the yeah, shit. That, that was great. Um, I mean, maybe start off by telling everybody a little bit about like what you do on a day to day basis, because kind of, or, or I mean, we can talk about whatever. We can we can talk about anything. We have time. Uh, I guess I could tell you what I did today. What did you do today? Uh, today was a slow day. Okay, it's not going to be a very interesting story. But, That's okay. Um, we can we can sex it up a little bit if you need. <laughs> uh, no, we shot uh, some blueprints, which is the sequence at the beginning and end of each uh, story. You know, it kind of sets up the the myth. Gary, no eating on camera. Oh fuck! <laughs> um, so we shot a little bit of that, and then watched a rough cut of an episode, and then I spent the rest of the afternoon kind of playing with black powder and a high speed camera. So, so that's and how that, we that's first met a you. not yeah, exciting yeah, day for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Playing with black powder at the end of the day. Just to be clear, yeah. blowing Reviewing stuff early up. cut of the Mythbusters <laughs> episode. Um, so that blueprint, there is a room at M5 where uh, James workshop, Correct. where you guys shoot a lot of Mythbusters. That's where they do the opening and close, right? The blueprint room. And uh, you have blueprints rolled up, and it's a blue sheet of paper. Who does the drawing uh, the, with the silver pen that around... Is- Around the edge of uh, the blueprint. Oh, just the just the line. Yeah, the line. Like someone's got to like replace that every time, right? Oh no, it's not every time. I mean, we we kind of try to keep the paper going as long as we can. Um, you know, there will be like a rip in the paper, and you kind of just put like a jar of lion poop on it, and just hope that that kind of conceals it. But normally, I'll I'll do that, or our other camera guy Ben Hansen will do that. So, so I think the first day we met you was um, we were looking at high speed cameras and literally knew nothing about it. Like I had gone and Googled some stuff and was like, right. I think we need like a ten thousand frame a second <laughs> camera. And you said, I I don't know. That seems like that's, overkill. Yeah, it's a little expensive. Too. Yeah. Um, so you said, well, come on down and and I'll show you like how some of these things work. And we were testing out some stuff. And and I like. The setup for this seems like it was seems it seemed like a perfectly normal part of a, of your average day, yeah. Um, but we were just out in the garage, and and you had a like a Pyrex bowl. I think it seemed like a Pyrex bowl or some sort of like it was whatever bowl I found. I think it was a Pyrex bowl. Yeah, it was a glass bowl, right? Filled with M and M's. Yeah, we should probably just dis- disclaim that this is something you shouldn't try at home. Probably not. No. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and at the bottom of the bowl, you had a condom filled with black powder. And I think a model rocket igniter? Yeah, that that's actually pretty much what I did today. Except okay. I've, I've stopped using condoms because it's kind of tedious to, like... It's hard to tie. Well, it's not that it's hard to tie. <laughs> it's not a good reason to stop using condoms. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. Um, it's just it's single use. It's kind of annoying. So okay. uh, just a rubber glove. You've got five tries at it if you screw <laughs> up. <laughs> Pro tips. Okay. Yeah. Is it occasionally a, a hazardous occupation doing camera for mist? Because they, they blow a lot of things up. Are there, are, are there times where you have to kind of protect yourself? Or, I mean, is, are you ever no, risk life and limb to shoot some of this stuff? They're very, very good at keeping everybody safe. Um, we've got very strict safety guidelines that we follow. Um, I mean, there's always kind of like the nobody thought that would happen kind of moment. But everybody's like, I think the. The most injured I've ever been was running to a safety meeting. Um, I, I rolled an ankle and did some damage, but um, I most of the injuries are all safety equipment falling on people. <laughs> what do you, like like Ironic. a like a um, well, yeah like you know those uh, the blast chamber panels okay that, um, they'll set up if we're going to blow. Something Explain what a blast chamber panel is. So a blast chamber panel is a um, kind of. Uh, let's say it's like a four by six and a half sheet of really thick Lexan. It's uh, it's meant to stop a. I'm not sure which round it is, but it's it's bulletproof to a certain point. It's like the stuff that's in a bulletproof car window, but thicker, right? It's it's very thick. It's like like that. Like distorts and, light coming through and all that. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. And uh, they are super heavy, and you know you generally have to put like three or four of them together. So you kind of walk it in place and, you know, run a pipe in it. And I think most of, most of the injuries on the show are related to moving those heavy panels around. Um, people have had, like, you know, four of them fall onto them. Uh, we had a guy, I think he broke his thumb. That's uh, not good. No. But, I mean, if that's, is that the worst thing that's happened? 
Well, I mean, I obviously, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems like the, with the amount of stuff you guys blow up. It's incredibly mild for, for like everything that they do and blow up and shoot and, you know, robots that'll take your head off. That's really good. It's, it's one of those things, though, that from talking to just both Jamie and Adam, it seems like, like there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's the outcome's uncertain, but the potential outcomes maybe aren't. Right, so they they may not know which way something's going to go, but they do know that this is the worst thing that could happen as a result of what what what's happening that day. Right, which seems to be a, a, a smart way to handle. So explain uh, the, the black powder and the finger, the gloves, the plastic gloves. So and and what you did that for, and and how the what the effect was. Uh, well, today it was. Um, I had my second camera guy, Will Nail. Um, kind of put on a, a costume related to the story that we're currently filming and throw an object uh, at a mirror. So I'm filming the mirror. So just it, imagine this shot. So you see this guy, he's out of focus, he's throwing something at you. And then the thing comes into focus and then it smashes this mirror that you didn't realize you were looking at. And at the moment that the mirror smashes, uh, it explodes and then reveals the uh, MythBuster sign. They, they'll show going to a commercial or coming oh, back. So you had the explosion oh. on the mirror or on the thing that was being thrown? Uh, on the mirror. Okay. Um, just because I'm, I'm really, really not sophisticated in my little explosives. You don't have little radio control yeah. remote detonators? Come on, Scott. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point yet. But, um, yeah, so I had uh, uh, just a, like a thumb of black powder buled onto the back of this mirror and then uh, one of our shop guys made this really cool little uh, trigger that just plops on plops onto a top of a drill battery mm-hmm. you've got like the safety trigger and then like a you know well that's much lights. better than the than the drill battery and two two stripped ends of wire you gave me right yeah <laughs> seems a lot less scary yeah much less terrifying um, but yeah so I, I think the fourth go around it actually worked um, today broke show. a lot of mirrors. Uh, two. That's that's a, yeah. a fair amount of bad luck if you I, believe in that thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Well, I like to think that it, uh, it's all going to go to Will Nail, the second camera guy, because okay. he was the one that was breaking the mirrors. Is that okay. is that? I would have felt that's something they would have tackled by now. Just break a shit, break a shitload of mirrors, and see if they wind well, up having bad luck. I mean, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, that seems like a, a, a myth that deserves to be busted. So, so when we got the when we got our we got a, a, one of the Sony uh, what the seven thousand FS seven hundreds a few months ago, just to kind of see how we rented it to see how it was and see because we're looking at replacing some studio cameras mm-hmm. and also that'll do like okay high speed up to like two hundred and forty frames a second or something like that. I, I obsessed over that camera for a while. It's a really neat camera. Yeah, we I, had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and and as we were doing the setup for like the two weeks leading up, I was going around. Norm Norm and I were going around. Joey was going around. And we were buying a bunch of absolutely ridiculous stuff. You know, you, you, you well, I'm sure you know. You go to Target and you bet buy a whole bunch of unlubricated condoms and uh, some some glass glasses and candles and like. 300 balloons and a bunch just the checkout lady gives you real weird looks mm-hmm. uh, and then I went out because I grew up in Tennessee and in, in northeast Tennessee you can get black powder kind of anywhere it's not like I mean it's not a hard thing to it's not, it's not something you can go to Walmart and pick up yeah. Wait, what kind of black powder are we talking about here 
Like black powder for a muzzle-loading uh, muzzle-loading rifle, basically. Gunpowder is what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, gunpowder. I know what that is. Yeah. Black powder just sounded like some generic weird thing. Well, but there's a whole... There's a massive variety of types of, of powder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have different burn rates and different volatilities and all sorts of stuff like that. And I ended up at this place down in San Mateo talking to a guy named Frank. And... When I started asking, because everybody, I, I kept going, I went to gun shops and called to gun shops and they said, well, we don't really do that, but there's this guy down, blah, blah, you can go down there and sit Berlin game or something and, and maybe he can help you. So I went down there and I immediately got the stink eye, like I was, like I was some sort of homemade bomb maker and, mm-hmm. and we had this whole big conversation and then the guy's kid came out for, or, 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 or somebody else who works in the shop came out from the back and was like, oh, hold on. Tell him who, where you got, because they recognized us from the site. Apparently, they followed Jamie or Adam on Twitter or something, and they were like, "Oh no, no, these guys are okay." Oh, nice. Um, but you had sent me a map of like what to buy and how to make the charges when we were doing the the high speed stuff. And after talking to Frank for a while about the volatility of black powder and thinking about driving around San Francisco within the back of my car and then where to store the leftovers when I was done, we waved off on the black powder entirely and figured we'd do that again at some point in the future. But you sent me this picture of a whiteboard that had the tin of black powder and a box of condoms and there was a plus sign between it and then the equals and, and written above the note was don't lose any fingers I think and it's something like that it seemed like good advice yeah I, it, it seemed it was just scary enough that I was like no we're, we'll just break some water balloons or something that seems good yeah uh, um, the water balloons with um, when you start putting other stuff in water balloons that gets a little fun jello and pudding and stuff like that yeah or propane <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we're thinking Jello and pudding, and Scott's like, no, propane. How, how do you get liquid propane out? I guess uh, you, well, actually, uh, or you fill them with gas. Gas. Oh yeah. wow. Okay, that's a whole different level of awesome. Yeah. How do you light a propane? Just put a candle under it and wait for nature to find a way. I don't know. Can you? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, it, well, I mean, you get the balloon filled with propane, and then I had rigged a um, a C stand. Uh, you know, any one of these. Camera stand. Yeah, so if you don't know, a C stand is a it's a big metal stand with these weird clamps on the end, and you can basically put it in any number of a million different com, com configurations. Yeah. Why do they call them C stands? Uh, it's a short for century stand. A okay. hundred things it can hold. Up to. Everybody <laughs> says century stand. Nobody knows what Joey Joey explained the C stand. I've heard fifteen different things over the years. But anyway, sorry. Anyways, um, so I had a uh, an arm on the top of the C stand with uh, the propane torch. So I filled the balloon with the torch and then lit the torch, put it onto the, the arm, and then attached some fishing line to it. So I had the balloon in place, it was all ready to go, and then pulled the arm over so that the torch was right there, mm-hmm. and then popped the balloon and fireball. And a good fireball? or a Very good fireball. Okay. Yeah, 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 because you go from you know this nice bright red balloon, and then once it pops, you know, you get that cool, like, the rubber just separating and then there's this kind of wavy gas there that you can totally see and then like oh like the shimmer of the light going into the gas yeah, and yeah, chain it's, bending it's really and all cool. oh that's awesome and then uh you just kind of watch as the propane and the air mix and then they hit the the uh the flame and you can kind of see the pockets that are hitting the right ratio like kind of start up and then it all flames up and, so, and at what kind of speed do you do yeah that? what frames per second that was probably 30 Two hundred. Okay. And so the thing, the thing, one of the things that's interesting that you guys do really, really well. I mean, obviously you've been doing it for a while now, um, but is the is the flame stuff? The flame stuff is is surprisingly well. At least was hard for us to shoot. Um, and we, Joey, did a lot of practicing. Uh, you know, practicing. 
Yeah. Um, but it's it's surprisingly tricky to get a room that looks like a normal room, and then you can still see the fireball in it. And mm-hmm. and just you know, curious if that's stuff that you. How how did how, like how did you learn to do this stuff? I guess is the question. Because uh, I know there's a bunch of kids. People, I hope not a bunch of kids, but there's people that I know are interested in like what what everybody is doing here and what you're doing, and and kind of want to know where you learn skills like this. All on the job at MythBusters, just really? like trial and error. Um, you know, figuring out how to make a flame look right in high speed took a lot of time um, and a lot of light. Like it's it's amazing how much how much how bright flame is. Mm-hmm. You don't really realize it because it's. Like kind of the light that you see, like campfire light, is really dim. But the flame itself is very bright, and it moves. I mean, so it doesn't seem like it's in one place. So you, yeah, yeah. So it, you need a ton of light on whatever background subject you have to make that flame look not like blown out and white. And you know, in some cases, I've I've noticed on high speed that it kind of goes kind of fuchsia, like a pink, mm-hmm. if it's not uh, properly exposed. So, so then the other thing I don't know if you've been watching, but if you're a baseball fan at all, but I mean the Giants are in the World Series now, and they've been shooting a lot of phantom stuff. That's that's the interesting thing to me. It's like yeah. that's the first time I've seen it in a live context before. And and Norm and I were talking about it the other day, and we were sitting there watching the ball game with stopwatches to see how long from the hit until they get because the thing that you don't realize is it's it's like maybe thirty seconds of footage, mm-hmm. but it's a, a astronomical amount of data that the camera produces. Over a, over a ten second period, especially when they're doing five thousand frames a second or something like that. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you do you look at that stuff and are you know like what 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 are your thoughts about the the Phantom in the in the series? Uh, I well, I love it in the series. I love like all the slow mo, like the swings and the hits. Um, it, and the they bats vibrating. The bats, but like they've they've caught some really great moments of like people just reacting. Like Romo on the mound, just so happy, and to see that in high speed's great. Um, which game was it that it started dumping rain? Oh, that oh, was uh, Game Seven of the NLCS, right? And game you seven, just yeah. you see the raindrops just kind of. Oh, and they they were static almost. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. The other good part about that game was the chroma key on the ads got all jacked up because they, there was too much water right. coming down. It was, right. it was kind of funny. Um, the the rain the the slow, high speed of the rain was astounding absolutely amazing yeah um, so so I mean I, honestly we just um, just I'm super interested in what you guys do I, I know you you kind of started on the job and and took took to the Adam and Jamie of course say wonderful things about you um, but you you started doing some high speed stuff that people hadn't hadn't done before at least in in that context. You know, like actually moving the cameras and stuff like that uh, when you were yeah. shooting, right? Well, yeah, back, back. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but back when I started, uh, high-speed cameras were still very cumbersome to use. Um, you know, it was kind of like you were going to be plugged into a generator. Um, like a massive amount of power required? No, it's not that it needed a massive amount of power. It's just like none of the manufacturers had like a really good. Uh, battery power solution. Um, I, I mean, we ended up coming up with just like we took a plate, two camera plates or battery plates, and just had you know two V-lock batteries uh, powering the camera. But even that's kind of spooky because you could lose a battery and screw up the camera. 
Right. Well, and, and lose a shot, too, is also probably pretty yeah. bad, too, in the circumstances yeah. you guys worked in. Actually, incidentally, um, we just got back from filming kind of up near Angel's Camp. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of uh, quarries up there. And uh, every time we go to there, every single time, somebody will tell the story about the high-speed shot that wasn't shot, <laughs> the, the cement truck. I hate that story. Well, so... Well, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to ask you to tell the story. But. Well, I, well, no, I can tell the story. I mean, it wasn't isn't much of a story other than the fact that, you know, they had a problem with the high-speed camera at the moment where they were blowing up the cement truck, so there is no high-speed shot of the cement truck. So it's which, just the normal slow speed. Yeah, it's yeah. just the normal camera that they kind of slowed down. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody tells that story when you get up there. You're like, oh, don't tell that story. <laughs> like... Um, well, but it, I mean, that happens to everybody. I mean, we didn't blow up a cement truck, but I mean, there's a couple of good moments that we did really dumb stuff, and yeah. then we had the button on the reverse trigger or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, mistakes were made. Yeah. I, I've, I've been lucky. I've, I've missed very few, um, but uh, it, it does happen. So, so when you're setting up a shot, like what, what, like what? How do you decide what speeds to shoot at, and how to, you know, wh- where to, like, how, how do you decide how to compose? I mean, is this just something you've learned over time, doing a lot of repetition, or is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, um, sometimes we'll have information from experts that'll say, you know, this is moving at this rate, and kind of go, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to crank the frame rate. Um, but then you, you kind of have to balance everything out because, like, frame rate and shutter speed and aperture, it's all kind of, you got to get it perfectly balanced. If you, if you adjust one, the other one is adjusted, and you may lose resolution or something like that, Yeah, too, it's right? like you, you could have, you'd be shooting super high frame rates with nice, crisp shutter. Um, but if you're wide open, you may lose some information because it's out of focus. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's really just, it's repetition. It's, it's stuff that you learn just shooting normal camera. Oh, uh, like, so, so the normal rules apply. It's just having it at a yeah. much higher speed. Yeah. Uh, what is it Adam says about um, uh, high speed? He says, uh, uh, it was a time thing. It's something for time. It was a micros- uh, micro. He said, yeah, he said it's a microscope for time. Yes, microscope. So for that time. so that you can see things that are otherwise inaccessible or impossible to detect, like the like like when they choke up and hit the hit the hit the baseball on the on the bad part of the bat, mm-hmm. and the whole bat does like two full sine wave vibrations before it kind of settles back down. Like, what's the coolest thing you've seen that you didn't expect to see? While while you were shooting, because I mean, a lot of the stuff that you do is the. I mean, you. I mean, obviously you're out on shoots, but you also do all the kind of bumpers and the, like you said, the the um, the blueprints. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the the bumpers. That's that's the fun stuff. That's like. Yeah, I want to talk about the bumpers because that's that's when you find yourself going to the office on the weekends and just like, cr- trying to find creative ways because you have yeah. pretty much free reign. It ends with MythBusters. Yeah. But you can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah, it's either Mythbusters, Busted, Plausible, or Confirmed. Right, so what is your process for coming up with like a bumper idea and then executing on that? I don't know. Or tell us a story I mean, about at one time, you know, a, a good bumper that you a shot. A good bumper. Uh, actually, um, back the first James Bond special, I was pretty proud of that one. Um, you know, whenever we do a special, I like to, I like to really kind of run with the theme, whatever it is. So James Bond... Um, 
I was like, well, we got to do like an opening for James Bond, like you know, one of the classics, like Goldfinger, like the down the barrel kind of, like well, down the gun barrel kind of. No, not not, no? not that one. Like the opening opening credits stuff. The song, like, okay. Like the song, like the silhouettes. Go, and yeah, the, like yeah. the uh, the girls painted gold with mm-hmm. the projections of you know scenes from the movie on. Them. Right. Uh, so I was like, you know, I really want to do that. And uh, so I took some high-speed shots and, you know, projected them onto uh, a friend of mine. Um, she was uh, she was the runner at the time, and uh, you know they they came out great. Um, and I I think they still use them from time to time. It'll just be like you know the, a close-up of like a golden back with like you know Adam firing a minigun and mm. slow mo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's all story dependent. There's every once in a while you'll do stuff that's just kind of like I'm going to try this because it's kind of cool. Um, that's when you get to use like the small like models of Jamie and Adam and different toy <laughs> cars and whatever and build little tracks and stuff. Yeah, the, the miniature stuff is is really fun. Have you been on MythBusters since the very beginning? No, since episode one. No. When did, you, when did you come in? Six years ago. Oh, okay. And how many years has it been going? Ten, Ten years. Ten years oh, okay. this year, yeah. yeah. What, was the, what was the very first episode, like the first case that you did? Do you remember? Uh, I do. Uh, my first day, uh, I was the production assistant. And my first day, I went around the city and I cleaned out all the Safeways of all their two-liter bottles of Diet Coke. Were you doing the Cocamentos? Yeah. Okay. It was um, it was a Christmas special a few years back, well, six years back, um, where they were doing this Rube Goldberg device, and part of it was Diet Coke and Mentos fountains, and uh, so they wanted to stock up. So I, you know, I'd go to the Safeway and be like, "Oh, that's great! I'll take you know this dozen, and what do you got in the back?" And I'd go in the back, and there'd be a pallet of it, and oh, I'll take that too. <laughs> what are the what are the questions like they ask you like? Is that like the weirdest thing you have to do? You've had to do it for uh, for a show. The weirdest thing I've had to do for a show. I don't know. I being a runner, you do some really weird stuff. Like we you handle some weird stuff. We just do the runner stuff. I know. Remember the time we went to Rite Aid and bought every condom they had? Yeah. We, <laughs> we tested the the the, <laughs> the 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 you know the Navy Seal thing. You put your equipment inside condoms. So that it stays waterproof. Okay. Turns out it works great. We yeah. tried it with cameras. You can't really shoot through. You can kind of shoot through them. Yeah, but it'd be kind of fuzzy. It's a little fuzzy, yeah. yeah. Um, even the non-lubricated, you know, the powder gets in the way, it turns out. But mm-hmm. they kept everything dry. That's Mission accomplished. That's really nice. Yeah. Do, you have a, do you have a favorite myth-busting scenario that you that you did? Myth-busting scenario? Well, you know, they, they're going to do this or that, like blowing whether it's blowing up a toilet. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in a while. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Like I like I like the ones where I always like the ones where things explode. Yeah, <laughs> every episode. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, it, it, they're not all explosions. I, I, you know, every once in a while you get a fuel efficiency story, or an implosion, um, or an implosion, yeah. um, or a fireball, or you know, one where you're just shooting guns or slicing off heads or. So you know yeah, you're there's, talking. There's a good mix. There's it's That's always true. something a little bit different. It's you know just when you start to get bored of explosions, there's you know you're not just going down to the explosion factory. Yeah, is what you're saying. yeah. Although there were times where it was just like 
you kind of felt like you were out of the bomb range every single day. It was like it was the home away from home because we were just blowing stuff up left and right. Um, I mean, so when you guys do that, do you like what's the is it is it work on one episode for a fixed period of time or is it kind of just doing a whole bunch of stuff? Is it is it do all the bomb range stuff for a whole season in one like what week or two period or no? I mean, it's kind of rolling right? It, it, yeah, it's all kind of it, the schedule changes hourly. Um, you know, we'll. I mean, the testing it it's testing. Like, yeah, we're filming a TV show, but we also, to a certain extent, don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes, you know, we'll quite, have... Quite frequently, it seems yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll have a whole plan of like, okay, well, this is how we think it's going to go, so here's what the schedule is going to be, we think. And then something completely different will happen. And then, and then at that point, I mean, you can't... Because the, there's production demands on the show, you right. can't just say, well, oh, that's a wash. Yeah, well... But it's kind of nice because um, the way we shoot the show, we usually have a couple things going at once. Mm-hmm. So you'll get stuck on one story because you know the robot's not behaving, or um, you know something you thought was going to happen didn't, or you know, <laughs> uh, or it's been torrentially raining for a week, <laughs> and the the big look the box truck the great all. The boat trailer and the pickup are all stuck in the mud. <laughs> then you go, okay, maybe we shouldn't go there next week. Yeah, let's um, do something inside. Yeah, let's do something else. Okay. Um, that actually that happened to me. Well, it didn't happen to me. It happened to everybody. But I think it was one of, when I first started shooting like the main camera stuff, and uh, we were going to do this um, story. It was I think it was torpedo tastic. Where it was like kind of ancient torpedoes, and uh, we were we were going to go up to uh, Ione, California, where we seem to go quite often. Ione is up north, someplace. It's in the foothills. Okay, it's actually I've I've really come to love Ione because whenever we go there, we're going to do something really cool. Um, and uh, so we were going to go up to Ione and shoot these ancient torpedoes that Jamie and Adam and both designed and uh it the mud the mud was diabolical and uh the guys that went up there the week before to prep were completely stuck in the mud so like okay well we can't do that what are we going to do and Adam uh I don't know if he had this kind of saved somewhere but it seemed like off the top of his head at lunch he came up with the story that we we're going to do that next week. You <laughs> just pulled one out. Yeah, it was like, wow, that's that's really good. I want to know that. And it was uh it was called Sounds Bogus. And it was uh, it was all like movie sound effects and you know, do those things really sound that way? Oh, so so are the foley effects that have been bouncing around Hollywood for the last 100 years like is the saw blade really make the sound of Right, whatever banshee. Uh, I guess you can't test banshee streaking since they're not real. Right, right. But that would be yeah. tough. But okay. um, yeah, we did uh, gun silencers and rattlesnakes, and explosions, and punches. Um, the punch thing was a little weird. Did you do the chopsticks <laughs> punch like from from like Hong Kong movies, or did you do the like the well, the meat sock to the it, face? It, it, well, I guess it was a sock to the face. It was probably both. Okay. Um, cause we, we got a pig 
as we often do a dead pig. Happens. And uh, for the testing, for the punch. And the pig we got, when, when it arrived, we were like, oh, it's kind of small. It's kind of, it looks like a baby pig. <laughs> I don't feel good punching oh, baby this, pigs. This is on any baby even in the name of science. Yeah, it's like, oh, this feels mean. And, um, you know, I, I think we, we made an effort to kind of disguise the pig a little bit just to, because it, it could be kind of gross. You know, they, they usually, they're, you know, gutted. Yeah, the, and, yeah. Um, they usually don't have the happiest expression on their face. It's been a bad day it's leading been up a, to their, yeah. right. Um, so I think, I can't remember who did it, but I, I think to uh, kind of make it less creepy, somebody put some tape. On the pig's eyes. Oh, like X's? That, that sounds like no, it would just make it more creepy. It was <laughs> a lot more creepy, actually. Um, I, I can't remember what we ended up doing. I think we just shot around it. It, it, uh, I mean, it, it seems like you have to keep, kind of just keep going, right? Yeah. It, it, it's a lot of kind of, you know, making things work. So, so... Um, so you started out as a PA. I mean, did you go to film school or something like that before? Or yeah, you- I, I went to uh, UC Santa Cruz for film. Um, although I don't know if that's why I got the job. Why did um, you get the so so? Did I gotta I gotta ask what the interview process is like? Do you, I mean do you? Well, uh, I I I responded to a Craigslist ad for a production assistant and uh, didn't think it was. I mean, in the back of my mind, when I applied, I was like, oh, maybe it's MythBusters. And I call up. I'm like, hey, you know. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're starting a new series. And, oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, and no, I'll come up. And, uh, cause, I mean, just to be clear, there are a lot of PA jobs. Yeah, there's like, like all the time but in this, all sorts of stuff. This is like I had just graduated and I was living in Santa Cruz. And, uh, you know, PA rates aren't great. Um, but uh, it's like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot and we'll, you know, see if it works out. And I uh, pulled up for my, my interview and uh, I'm kind of standing out front of the, the M5, um, which is not very welcoming from the outside. It's no, just it's like scary. A- <laughs> I mean, it is out, there's a big door that says don't knock and, yeah, yeah you know, it's, you don't, don't go there. Yeah, it's like you know the dumpster and the roll-up door, and then at the time there was there wasn't the building next to it. Oh, it was just like a dirt okay. lot. And uh, okay, it's not in the best neighborhood to no. be honest. It's kind of industrial. And uh, like, all right, and then uh, so I'm kind of hanging out outside because I can't get in. And uh, yeah, just, you really have to bang hard on that door because yeah. it's, it's heavy and metal. And, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm calling my contact, like, hey, I'm here. Um, I think I was a little bit early. But uh, I'm standing there, and uh, this little green pickup pulls up, and uh, out step uh, Jamie and Adam. <laughs> and that was that was the moment I realized it was MythBusters. Okay. Do you uh, feel like you were being lured into some kind of like murder scenario or something until that point? Because it sounds pretty grim. Like just wind up in the back of a van. Yeah, bring your camera, shoot your own murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. I, I guess I was just. Uh, I just kind of went into it um, kind of naively. But um, the, the interview process was interesting. Um, I was interviewed by uh, uh, one of our directors, Alice Dallow, and uh, she asked some very strange questions. Um, very strange questions I don't know that I could go into. 
probably best just not to, to protect yeah. the innocent. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's an adult pod. It's it's eleven o'clock at night almost. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, and then. I mean, I, I have to assume because when you when you take a job, any kind of job like this, and they always say, "Hey, here's a list of things you may be exposed to. Are you okay with that?" And I gotta imagine the list for for that was pretty open ended, right? Yeah, I mean, there w- wasn't really a. Nobody sat down and said, "Okay, well, you're gonna be around explosions and guns and knives and sharp things and things that'll crush you." And nobody really sits down and says that. It's just kind of like, okay, you know, just implied. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's there's one of the big safety rules around the shop is if anybody feels bad about anything, like if you don't feel 100% confident about what we're about to do, you say something. And we have to default to that that person. Like, you know, it's better better safe than sorry kind of thing. That's I mean, that seems like a, a pretty solid good rule to oh, yeah. have in, in a situation where you're dealing with explosives and swords and all that stuff. Um, you know, I saw, um, I guess it was last season, but maybe it was in one of the clips that you sent me, a bunch of footage of, uh, like, a katana and fruit on the on the high speed. Oh, yeah. that Well, that was, I think that was... Was that the day that would... Yeah, that was just stuff that uh, I'd shot with... Uh, so, one of our APs. I've seen Norm do that. That's my yeah, fruit ninja. Well, we yeah, didn't do it. We did it at high speed, and it was terrifying. Also, Which I remember bad? like talking since you were saying like if you start to feel uncomfortable, say something. I remember that. Yeah, I did not feel good about that. We'll at all something once we were doing it. That yeah. wasn't that wasn't October because what, what that was, was a big line live, live, live show. It was big line live show, and we had yeah. this idea that we would. Recreate Fruit Ninja. Recreate Fruit Ninja by actually giving Norm right. a samurai sword, which is yes. not at all racist. That, that was the first... <laughs> and I was and in the samurai swords are Japanese. Him, and have him stand outside and would throw fruit at him, and he would try to slash it with the sword. And it was mm-hmm. a real samurai sword. It was sword a really sharp sword. So how did you do? Did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it chopped but, it like a baseball bat. But it was one of those things where, like, as we stood, as we got outside, it, was, it sounded like a great idea was, and hilarious. Right up until, like, five seconds before we started doing it, I'm like, wait, hold on. When, Somebody could, like, really get hurt. Yeah, when I, when I was looking, I was like, wow, if he lost the sword, there are three or four people. Like, you can't stand in a way that you could like, throw the sword. Like, the sword food. could so easily right. fly out of his hand yeah. and, like, oh, no, no. go through someone's Swords are or something. terrifying because... I felt like you needed, like, a Wiimote strap around your, <laughs> yeah, your it, it doesn't matter because a lot of ways, like, Jeff, we got our, the sword from our friend Jeff, and he had two swords. I, we don't know where he bought them. It's and best not to ask. You could buy swords on eBay or Amazon for, like, $15 of sharp samurai you just right there like any time that you've got a sword that you borrowed from your friend Jeff like it just doesn't sound like the good start to a, any story and most of those swords are so poorly made that the blade actually doesn't go far enough into the handle right so there's right. the blade so that actually swing fly out and it'll fly the out kill. yeah that's what I that's all I could think because I was sitting there underhanding pineapples to Norm um, and we were standing in the parking lot, and the people at the bar next door were heckling. Cause oh, we, were, yeah. we were just on, on the street. You know, We had a guy blocking the sidewalk on either side. And yeah. It was not a good idea. I just remember thinking, like, who, who real is liable? Yeah. Problem. Well, that would have been us. The yeah. guy with the sword, Norm, yeah. probably. Always but you did actually manage to slash them through, oh, yeah. right? Absolutely. It, I mean, yeah. it, it was one of those things. I'm sure this, like, it was one of those things when, when I was underhanding the fruit to Norm, it felt like a segment that went on for maybe two hours. In my head, mm-hmm. and it was maybe yeah. Talk about ten fifteen seconds. seconds yeah, you maybe did, thirty seconds to the outside. You, you didn't need one of these ten thousand frames per second cameras to make this agonizingly slow because yeah. your brain just did it for you. It's like someone's going to die. I just uh, wanted it to be over. You know, Norm, we should check in with the auction. 
Okay. Oh yeah, how's that going? Because we've got twenty minutes before it we have closes. Twenty minutes we do. before it closes. We do. And so. I believe the highest bid right now is a three hundred seventy-five dollars. So this is for. So we've got twenty minutes to beat that. This is for a signed retail copy of the first so, season so of the Walking Dead. Just to be clear, if you want to bid on the item, don't put money into the chip in yet. No. Send an email to tipsatesta.com with your with a uh, um, Walking Dead Walking auction, auction and with the your bid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and put a note in if it's okay to use your name. And uh, at 11 o'clock uh, PST, PDT, in 20 minutes, uh, that's when the auction for this item will close. And uh, hopefully you'll commit and put that money and you'll, you'll get the... You'll and be, if you uh, don't commit, if the person who has the hot top bid doesn't yeah. actually donate the money, because we can look in the chip in yes. and see, uh, then we'll, what we'll do is go to the next person down the line. And Gary, I think you, you said if we have adult, multiple people with the same bid, then we if, can If we end up with, with a couple of people that have the so. same high bid, I'm sure we can scrounge up an extra I, I, I'll copy. chip in 30 bucks to buy a <laughs> copy. And it costs nothing for it. us to, to easy enough to sign it. Um, and uh, I actually, to be honest, I mean, given that I know what I, I think, don't get me wrong, that Walking Dead is cool, but I think this is probably like the least valuable thing that we like. Some of the stuff that we have, no, we have some, I printed some stuff that we're going to sell. Oh, you chose some like while. real shitty stuff? Yeah, okay, it's real, good. real, real yeah, bad. We stuff. can't all be good. Right? No, You've got to no, make no. the good stuff look good by putting some shitty stuff next to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so, Scott, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess the last thing to ask is um, like, if people want to learn how to do kind of the stuff that you do, how should they like? What's the what's this life skill that you go out and get to to have an like? The thing people always ask is, how do I get an interesting job? You have an interesting job. We have interesting jobs. Gary has an interesting job. I mean, he's trying to sweatpants all day, but he he actually does real work. Um, eh. Like. I mean, we've talked a lot about what we've done, but I mean, I'm, I mean, obviously, you went to film school, which is step one in in doing that. But yeah, I mean, what else? What like what? What? I, I there were so many things that you could do that I didn't realize you could do that I didn't realize were jobs. You, you know what I mean? Uh, growing up, and and I'm just I, I always love to hear how people how people found that that path, which is a real weird thing to talk about on a podcast for adults. But let's let's hmm. go anyway. Um. Ultimately, we can talk about your favorite episode of Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Favorite episode of Lost. Interesting. Um, Lafleur comes to mind. Norm, Will has not seen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good episode. I haven't watched any Lost. Is Norm like the Lost Authority? (laughs) I was hoping you were going to take the Lost Authority. All right. (laughs) Um, Actually, I'd like to ask you about those cards there. Uh, The Marvel cards. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 when are you going to start opening those in the at some other room? Point? Well, people were talking about so, them, or people were talking the whole time. Hold on, hold on. Uh, one of the things we realize as we get like, older, don't touch the don't cards. Don't touch my cards. Don't touch, I want to see the cards. Your cards are my cards. I want to see it with the hands. This is. I'm back to being 12 years old again. Oh, your 12 year old Norm was such a dick. I didn't get many cards. <laughs> as an adult, you can pretty much buy whatever you want. That's an awesome thing about being an adult. So I realize that I never got many of these when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I love them. So that, that's the great thing about being a grown-up, though. Is you yeah. can do, like when you when you were twelve years old, the idea of that whole pack, I know, whole box of cards, it blows my be, mind. Like, it's just beyond comprehension. I, 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 As an like, adult, you can just have that. I know. I did, there there are milestones that. in your adulthood. Like you know, you know, you can drive when you're sixteen. You could vote. I think when you get gun. a Facebook account, that's one of them now. You you think can, about you that. Can drink. Twenty-one's a big year, but the milestone of when you realize that you can go online and buy the things. That you couldn't when you were a kid because you didn't have money or because your parents didn't let you for some reason. That's awesome. That's a great coming of age thing. So I just went online for twenty four bucks. I have That's... bought an unopened box 
of Marvel Masterpieces 1993. And so throughout this entire podcast, I've been opening them. I'm going to go to eBay right now and see if you've driven up the price of Marvel Masters 1993 cards yet. How come these things don't... You know, I love appreciate value. Yeah, because they, they made three hundred fifty thousand boxes. Oh, and it's okay. just so they yeah. they didn't create enough artificial scarcity. No, no, All right. and there was not really high high demand. I collected That's a whole bunch of basketball cards when I was a kid because they seemed like a good investment at the time. Not Valueless, but it's like it's it's like the um, I mean the smell. It's it's like ratatouille. You could buy if the complete was, if set if for seventy dollars. The memory those cards had come with bubble gum. Could you still eat the gum? I would try. Or would it be bad now? I, would, I think I it would, would be bad. It. I wish. I kind of wish they did come yeah. with gum because I would like to see you try to do that. I'd like to see Norm eat a twenty-year-old piece of gum. Yeah. Uh, you could get some at St. Francis, I bet. So what kind of? Oh, oh, I remember this card. Doctor Doom. This is a great one. I don't know if Joey can switch the cam. No, he's over no, there. No, Joey's in this room so right now. Probably not. Oh, sorry. Way to go, Joey. Thank you again, Joey. Uh, Joey's doing guns for kids uh, while we're doing this whole thing. He's oh, doing a thousand. Wow. I remember these over the twenty-four hours. So oh, I got. So he's at two sixty. That's That's a great one. Yeah. Oh, that what is a good one. I got Doctor a Doom saber Nice. A okay. bishop, which is yeah, he's all right. Yeah. The cool thing about this is it's like a time capsule Captain into the Marvel Britain? universe. Nah. Captain Britain. Nah. I was Captain Britain. I got a Magneto. The art, the character's great. The art, not so great. Yeah. Now, what I'm also looking forward to, because when you're, you know, these came in 93, so I was nine years old. Jesus, really? Yeah. Getting these cards, the art was kind of racy. Like, like, you know, comic book art. Norm. Norm. I had a fifth grade teacher who would be like, imagine if your mom wore that outfit. And now I'm like, oh, that's gross. (laughs) But like, man, like cards like that. Are you a sassy fifth grade teacher? Is yeah, this a coming-of-age story? Very progressive fifth-grade teacher. He's like, imagine, like, this is objectifying women, these comic books. Imagine if your mom wore these these outfits. But you always wanted the, the nice-looking nice, the nice looking women. Cards I wonder. When you were a kid. I mean, that, that, now, that could backfire depending on how perverted you are. Good way to go, Gary. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it could work either way. Yeah. yeah the art's good. I like this very Doom one. This yeah. is my favorite so far. Doctor, Doctor Doom, Doctor is Doom pretty is, good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like Doctor Doom. Check them out, Scott. Oh, Thank so you. Scott gets to touch them, but I don't. I see how it is. And this, yeah, he uh, asked nicely. He didn't go grab. What was it? Iron Man on the front there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's old Iron Man. It's, yeah, it is. It's, like Will said, it's a, like a, a look into the history of Marvel Comics. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that was that was cutting edge in Marvel Comics in 1993. Uh, should we do a Mad Lib, Scott? Uh, yeah. Should we wrap this up? Are you are you game? Is the question for a Mad Lib? <laughs> so keep in mind, this is a podcast for all ages, including. Uh, by that, I mean it's not a you know. It's not a podcast for children. And, uh, yeah. yeah, not for children. Okay. It's intended for, for the mature audience. So. Which is which is to say, you can if you want to if you want to work blue. If you want to go blue, you by, can go by blue. all means, be as like, creative that's and get the best results. Or um, you can also be, in, uh, you know, the the other alternative is to be clever instead of offensive. Get, uh, Vinny went straight for the gutter. As Would I you like to do monster no, no, mad lips or mad lips from outer space? Outer space, please. All right, good. Because we we did monster mad lips before. So this would be a good way to round. We've determined this that this isn't NASA outer space; it's more comics outer space. Well, that, that remains yeah. to be seen. We haven't done one yet. Just just because that isn't like I'm looking at the picture, and I don't think that that would work in space. It might. It might uh, be fishbowl. They don't use fishbowls for a reason. I understand. All right, let's see if we can find Why one. Why don't they use uh, fishbowls? Because the I don't know. I assume because they're you have two thirds of your head in something that's not metal. All right, this one is hmm. called Moonwalk. You'd think fishbowls would be good, because then you could turn around and yeah. see stuff. But All right. I would likes. like a verb ending in I-N-G. Hmm. Podcasting. 
right? Why not? Topical. How, how appropriate. Oh, we'll this is typically how it goes. People look around the room and like, yeah. oh, what situation am I in? Um, a number. 1993. Oh. Mm. You'll never guess that's, where That's not that. like a Tim Allen thing. Where it's like, pick a number. And he's like, Some eight. Kaiser My number is stuff going on here. 5,422. <laughs> Some people will do that in Mad Libs. Uh, a person in the room. A person in the room. You could say Not yourself. Not that many to choose Norm. from. All right. All right, Norm. I was pointing. Uh, noun. Hmm. I, I have to say, I quite like your Galactus Silver Surfer shirt. Oh, thank you. I'm just going to. If you guys, I'm just going to cheat and put one in there for okay. you. <laughs> Gary's helping. <laughs> oh, you're in trouble. Uh, another person in room. Gary. All right. Adjective. Gary's very efficient with this. Feel free to crowdsource these. If anyone wants to jump in, I can hit the chat and we can we can let them we can we can get some help from the the audience. The trick is not the thing. The chat has an adjective. Go with an adjective. Yeah. Uh, Felching. There you go. That's one. The chat chat knows what's up. Yeah. Uh, Plural noun. Plural noun. Uh, I'm still getting adjectives here. Yeah, they're a little behind. Come on, chat. They really Speed like up. We need a plural you. noun. Gongs. Gongs. All right, I'll do gongs. <laughs> this is this is the this is another uh, person in the room. Whoever we're we running, out of running, running out of room here. Will. Okay, we'll do Will. Uh, I've got to do. It's gonna make. It's gonna make sense to do <laughs> oh, full. The, the chat's here. getting really blue, man. Well, yeah, the chat knows what's up. Wow. Uh, yeah. Profession. Anuses, goats, balls, it's not testicles, dongs, peni. Come on, chat. Wow. Raise, the, raise your game. <laughs> yeah, this is, you gotta be clever. Raise your this game, but not necessarily the bar. Fluffer. Undertaker. Oh, there we go. I'm picking Und- Fluffer. Undertaker okay. is always good. Chat is bringing it. No, no um, this is horrible. Adjective. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Oh, the, ch- oh, the chat is losing it. We're, yeah, asking the chat was a mistake. <laughs> Uh, what was the last one? Stinky. Adjective. I'm just seeing as they come along now. I'm crowdsourcing these ones. Uh, a color. Blue. I, I think we've Anyone? gone so much from the blue is appropriate. I think we've gone so much from the chat we can't attribute this to Scott anymore. I think you're off the hook. Well, no, I mean, we, just, we just want the best result. Uh, uh, plural noun. I'm bringing it back to the room now. I'm not looking at the chat. Plural noun, please. Pumpkins. Right. Baby that, pigs. That's, Baby that's pigs. seasonal. Baby, Baby pigs. Oh, well, I've written pumpkins. Pumpkins. Just have to deal next with time, it. next time. Um, and a type of dairy food. Mm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Breast milk. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I was going to wow. cheese curds. It, it is a type of dairy food. I don't know what's going to no, Does that count as dairy? No, food? I don't think it counts as dairy. Oh no, it doesn't. I think I think cheese curds. These are pretty, some of these are pretty short. Okay, uh, Moonwalk. Oh, boy. The greatest true life space story is the one about our astronauts podcasting to the moon for the first time. That's, there were one thousand nine hundred ninety-three astronauts. We all remember their names. Norman Chan, who was the expert in cock. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I love that these always turn out to be against the world. <laughs> this makes me happy. No. Gary Witter, a Felchie test pilot with a PhD in gongs. 100% true. And Will Smith, who was the ship's fluffer and oh. conducted a series of really stinky experiments with blue mice and pumpkins. It was a great day for America when they landed and said, what do you know, it really is made out of breast milk. 
cheese curds would have been so much cheese better. Cheese curds, yeah. curds. Yeah, way to go. But I feel like Will is the ship's fluffer and Norman an expert in cock. I, I feel like those those are both strong. strong overlap. Those are there. very strong. Strong overlap. Uh, I'm going to check in one more time with the auction uh, before because we have about eight yep, minutes, eight seven minutes, minutes left. Let people know where we're at. And um, it is still. I'm going to check the total too. Three seventy-five. The last time I checked, we were at fifty-seven that is, that twenty-five. Very, now we're at that is a very decent amount, I think, for a copy of that game. Yeah, which you know you can get at the store for thirty bucks. Yeah, I, I think. I don't think, get this guy to change his mind. You don't, don't, Too late don't now. Oh, no, I guess he hasn't donated yet. Um, <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for coming out. Thanks, uh, pleasure yeah. as always, sir. Uh, next time I need black powder advice, I will definitely uh, give you a call and then probably check it out at the last minute when I start talking to Frank about losing fingers. Please do. Um, yeah, you should experiment with gunpowder more. It's a great idea, right? Why not? Yeah, what, what could possibly, could possibly go, wrong? go wrong? It's the story of my life. <laughs> you want to um, hook it up to a sword first, though? Black powder <laughs> and a sword. Is that's that's the secret. I think so. Thank you, sir. Thank we'll you. see you. Uh, see you next time. Thanks a lot, Scott. See you guys. Uh, Scott Swanson, uh, MythBusters head head camera, lead camera, camera dude, camera operator, camera, operator. camera dude. Very good. Um, we are coming into our fifth hour now. Wrap yeah. it up, I, and again, we're still fourth very hour? much in the infancy of this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, how are you guys feeling? Let's check in. Okay, well, I was so going to take some like blood, blood of the earth early, but Norm is like, stay your hand. Yeah, because you're right. It's I think we're on the same strategy right now, where we're going with the diet coke first. Yeah, and delicious. some Red Bull along the way. And then we're going to, once I think it hits 1 o'clock, maybe midnight, we're going to start with the black. Because you can't that's have acceptable. too much. Yeah, no black, black blood, blood before of the earth. midnight. Yeah, that, that's a good rule of mind. Now, what scares me about the black blood of the earth is last year it came in these very specific medical little test tube containers. We have containers. the same we've got, those, But you've got like huge bottles of it in there. We have both. We're not going to drink a lot. You okay. can't yeah, I, don't, I don't want too much of it. I feel like milliliters. You, could, you could really overdose on that you could stuff. you could yeah it's, you, you could do bad things did you see that the FDA is bringing some kind of case against uh, monster energy drink because people have been having heart attacks or something that's not good yeah it's not good at all oh that's why I don't drink monster uh, you know I did a I story about that actually the only thing that you can get even I, I didn't include black blood of the earth because I don't think he had caffeine information but the only thing you can get close to um, theoretically uh, lethal doses lethal doses of caffeine is um, pills a pills, Straight up pills and five hour energy. You can oh. actually get close to the five hour energy because it's a oh. lot of caffeine in a relatively small, um, uh, small volume. Because right. the thing about the thing about most coffee is you can't physically drink enough to um, yeah to, so you're, to contain your the bladder, day, day, no your stomach your stomach does not have enough surface area to, to absorb all the uh, the caffeine from that much coffee that you would need. That is exactly right. Um, so, yeah, and while we're talking about Black Bed of the Earth, we should really thank our friends over at uh, Funranium Fun Radium Labs. Labs. And we will have an auction uh, later in the oh, podcast. They There's stuff? a Stein of Science over there on the wall. You we might not be able to see it, but um, yeah, Phil Broughton has, uh, supported us last year with some Black Blood. Oh, uh, that okay. really carried us through. I didn't realize that had actually been kind of. Oh, yeah. Donated. No, that was officially uh, brought. He, he gave us a, a Stein of Science to auction away, so that'll be one of the things that'll be coming up later in the night. Oh, that's great. We'd hoped to get him on the show, but he had a prior commitment, unfortunately, that prevented right. him. Yeah, but we'll have him on the podcast in the future sometime. Um, and maybe go over and see where By the way, this is completely Bruce. dead. I just realized this is are completely you, dead. Are you dead too? It's I'm okay. hearing you, but only because you're sitting right next to me. I'm not, it's not coming through yeah, my, I've got, my headphones at uh, all. We've got weird stuff going on with the headphones. It's technically app over here. very uh, it's not, fucked up. Yeah, well, we're trying something new. Here, I'm going to use so. this moment to, uh, for a little station identification. We go. are tested 
Radio.com doing Oktobercast. Good thing to do. This is only a test for 24 hours. Good God. Uh, if you're watching this live or listening to us live on Mixler, YouTube, wherever, um, you can donate at Tessa.com forward slash donate. This is for Child's Play charity. I believe the last check-in, we were around $5,700. Uh, it's in that area. Yeah, like eighteen hundred people watching so right far, and um, and we're also doing a couple auctions. We are nearing the end of our first auction for a signed physical copy of The Walking Dead season one, episodes one to five. I think on Xbox yes. or PS3. Xbox or PS3. Xbox or PS3. And the current top bid is three hundred and seventy-five dollars, I believe. If you're watching us on YouTube and you want to get in on the chatting action, you can go to tested.com slash live. You have to sign up for an account, but we, we aren't going to spam you or do anything bad like that. And uh, there's a bunch of people in there chatting. I think there's like 800 or 900 people in there last time I looked. Um, so we just got two minutes left for this first Walking Dead auction. I've got four um, by my clock. And four minutes, even better. Four minutes well, this left. Now, this is what you can do, right? You can snipe. This is the perfect. This is what mm. eBay people do, right? I think the, in, I think the increment should be five dollars. So no, what are we at no, now? You whatever, think one? You, whatever you want. No cent increment. No cent. Yeah. No. No. No cent okay. increments. We'll we'll, sure. we'll we'll let that. But still, down. you can come in like five bucks over, and you could you could steal that thing away at the last. What's minute. what's yeah. the high bid? We got three seventy five. Is still the high bid? Three seventy five. So if you wanted to bid three hundred and eighty dollars, you could win that. You could just send an email, signed copy. And as far as I know, I don't know. I'm not aware of Telltale doing any other. Uh, you know, signed giveaways. So this may be the this may be a, a, a one off. Well, you could you could not sign any others yourself. I could I could you could yeah you I could, could say well this has been signed by other people but not right. by me. So if you so this could be the only one I, that's signed right. by Gary Widow. I in fact do control that process. Yes. They can't force me to. No, sign No, they can't anything. make you sign anything at this point. And the email is tips at testing.com with Walking Dead auction plus your uh, your bid in the subject line. There you and, go. and your name in the email body if you want us to announce your name as the winner. And if it's a hard to pronounce name, then you should give me pronunciation guidelines. That because, would be very useful. Right now, I, I'm not sure what the lead. Well, bit you know is. what? It's gonna be fun for you to try. To I think. That. I, well, you've been you've been doing a great job with this so far, Norm. I just want to say. Um, All right. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a try. Give it. Give it a swirl. Yeah. Absolutely. No. No. Uh, swirl. But you've already lost the 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 jacket. Is this the beginning? Got a little of, warm. Of a thing. You well, got a little cold for us. It got cold for me. I went and put yeah. a jacket. Well, I'm on. wearing wool. So you know, it's. Uh, I mean, you started more dressed. That's than wool. We did. Mm. I don't, French cuffs. I'm not going to buy a polyester tuxedo. Yeah, you like cufflinks? What do I look like, like the karate kid? What are your cufflinks? Are they geeky cufflinks? No, they're just squares. Mm. They're plain. That's, that's Simple design. Of, do you have like piggy cufflinks? Is, no. What? What do I look like? Homer Simpson? Homer Simpson. That, they're treasured family heirlooms. Exactly. Um, I have some knots too, but I wore the, wore the silver. I busted out the silver polishing cloth last night. That's an interesting little piece of technology. Instead of having to use the paste or something, you just got these wipes and they have the stuff built in. You, you wet po- the, you you wet your the cuff thing? You had to, because they were all black. I haven't worn them in a while. Oh. They tarnish. I hate that plate. Really, so how, how are we all feeling? I'm a, feeling really good. I, you, how many hours in I, I, I feel fine, but as I just said earlier, I don't think that means anything. Five hours stage. in? It's way too early to be talking about how, uh, how great we feel. Well, relative to last year, I think I was feeling better last year. Could could be the fact that we started later this year. I think I think that starting later is going to wind up being an epic mistake. Well, we'll find out in about eighteen hours. Yes, we you will. know, we still haven't. We might have a little time. I don't know if our next guest is here. We still haven't talked about the other big tech news of the week. So if we our next time. guest is coming in on Skype, so I'm oh, going to dial okay. him in in just a moment. All right. So well, I do want to talk about the other big tech news because we have not done that yet. Okay. Um, I want to get some info about how you guys prep for Octobercast. Are we good on? And, 
Well, but are we good on bids? Oh, we got a four hundred dollar bid just well, in. Well, I didn't want to yes. announce that. See, I'm you telling you, this is this right. people can one minute left. The four hundred dollar bid. Kind of an auctioneer in these yeah, last it, minutes. I'm, I'm watching the clock, and as soon as it ticks over to eleven oh one, that will be the bids closed. And right now, it's ten fifty nine. It is ten so fifty. It's, it's well, I'm looking at email timestamps. So it could that's, be a that's the, it could be a four hundred dollar winning bid here. Gmail timestamps are going to be the decider. And if, you know what? This is perfect time question. for Joey to continue. Oh, here comes ten fifty one guns, guns for, kids. for kids. How many uh, uh, push ups? Like three something. I can't read that on the monitor. It looks like three seventy one, three seventy two. Maybe somebody in the chat can tell us. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he's on target to to do this comfortably. I right? love the setup with the, the the clicker on the right. Yeah, the and clicker and, and the, the picture and picture. Yeah, I mean, this is almost like a professional production. Joey's working so much. Much harder than the rest of us if right he's now. He's actually doing more than any of us, and yet you, he's getting the least recognition. Well, uh, you know, Joey is the un, unspoken hero here, and his screensaver is pretty awesome too. So if, we have if that you um, if you want to support Joey, make a pledge. Pledge for Joey to do push-ups. Set a per push-up pledge, or maybe a four thousand push-up. See if he completes it. Uh, any amount will do. It's good for child play. We got play. 401 and, at eleven o'clock. And even if you cannot, uh, if if you cannot pledge any money. Uh, at least pledge your support on Twitter. Use the hashtag GunsForKids, that's G-U-N-S-F-O-R-K-I-D-S, and let Joey know that you support him, that he's doing a great job, because he definitely is. I think that's a, I think that's closed. My clock just rolled over to 1101. I'm going to see if we get right, any more so emails we, in. Are we closed? Uh, I think we're closed. The winner, uh, there's messages, no content, but Chris is the winner. I'm not going to Is that, is that the $400 bid? That's 401. $401. Oh, he went in with four. You came in with the snipe. The I last minute. Said, I thought you said there had to be a five dollar increment. No, we no, no, decided no, no, no. a dollar because Norm Norm wanted to do a dollar. We decided no cents. No, no pennies. No four hundred dollars. I kind of feel cent. like that's kind of shitty. Now, do we want to offer the, the second the $1 guy dollar snipe at the end? There's a four hundred and a four hundred one. It would be awesome to kick us over. Do you think we can? Well, if we it can, mean, if it means that they'll both put that donation in, because that, yeah, that's I think so impressive. I, I, I will personally ensure that they both get a copy. There you if go. They, so, so uh, Chris and Anthony, won both, Anthony both it's up make to you. that donation, we'll, we'll give it both Anthony's get a copy option. of the game. Yeah, this is the only time we have two things my to mic give. down a lot, my uh, speakers down, down a little bit, bit okay. whatever. Yeah. And, and you can, uh, well, you can check on the, uh, I'll the, check on the, chip the charity in. page. Please, if you're watching Chris and Anthony... Well, that's great because we just doubled our donations by doing that. If you, if you do the chip in right now, now is the time, and we... Guarantee both of you guys will get that. Yeah, we'll be watching the, the widget. We I'm, expect to see that tick over quite a bit. Well, it takes a minute for the widget no. to hit. I know. I'm just saying. We'll, be, we'll, we'll, um, we'll know when it comes. That be, that's incredible. I'm looking it's at some comments impressed. here. Uh, coming awesome. up next, uh, I don't know if we can see it. I guess we don't can't see it on this feed, but it's up on the main feed. Uh, we have uh, Bill Doran, uh, Chinbeard, uh, who's the the man behind Punished Props. I think he's he was working on something for you, Gary, right? Um, maybe yeah, not. so a while ago I was toying with the idea of uh, making a set of uh, uh, Mass Effect armor. This is before the kid showed up and all these plans. Yeah. Re- you realize you Turns out your disposable income That's goes not down. really how it works. Um, um, but uh, Chinbeard, Bill Doran, uh, who used to work for Microsoft, I believe, and is now in business for himself, He's, uh, oh. he took a, a hobby of making props and, and costumes and armor and, and turned it into a, uh, into a business. He's one of those guys that, that, that will create amazing props and costumes for you, and he does a lot of commissioned work. I actually met him uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, at New York Comic Con, and he was in his full Commander Shepard N7 armor. And, which, which game? Uh, which he had built himself. What? Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3. Is it the same for each game, or are they, uh, they change the I think, I think there are subtle differences, and I think he could probably tell you exactly what kind of armor and what game it was from. But I think it was like the, the, the Defender 
Oh, Alma. We, we've got one of the bids in. Oh, oh great. Anthony's bids in. Great. Um, hey, uh, what, what's the site? Are we check the. Uh, that has, uh, it's not showing up on mine yet, but it, I, I'll take it. It's not hitting the widget yet, but it's showing up in the list of people who've got it. That will, but that will have kicked us over $6,000. Uh, I think the widget's stalled. Okay. Joey, can you. Uh, uh, are we good for a Skype call? Okay, I'm, I'm going to dial you up now, Bill, if you're listening. I'm not going to do a video call. That monitor is so far away. What is the chip and address that we can the check? The chip and address uh, is octobercast.chipin.com. Got and it. that'll give you an up-to-date widget. If you want to donate, the address is... Oh, Bill is on the... He's wearing his... Uh, uh, well, you guys can't see because we don't have video, but uh, he's wearing his... Uh, um, oh, that sucks. His, Hi, guys. Uh, hey, Bill. How you doing? Can hey. you hear us? Yeah. I just... Uh, we have a steampunk convention here in Seattle, and I just got back from that. So I'm, I got my goggles. You, you, it's a steampunk hat, right? Because yeah. you have the goggles and the hat. Because it's, uh, it's got goggles, obviously. Okay, <laughs> um, I, if everybody in the chat can hear, I hope we're, we're good there. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Bill Doran uh, is, is here. Uh, Joey, I now, think can I, people see video of him? They or? can't see Bill. We can oh, see Bill. Oh, okay. Sorry. But they can, they, but they can hear him. They can hear him. All right. yes. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I can. I don't have a picture. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, and also, Joey's gonna throw a picture. So uh, uh, Bill makes props for a living. We've talked to some of uh, your competitors. It's a small community of yeah. guys that make stuff at your all's level. Um, but you've done a ton of Mass Effect armor. I know you've talked to Gary before. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary's kind of quietly looking off into space now. I'm just checking what's going on on the internet. Oh, okay. Um, so t- t- tell us a little bit about like how you got started doing this. I'm I'm always interested in that stuff. Uh, I started off doing cons. Uh, since I live in Seattle, we have the um, Panera Gate Expo out here. Oh. And on a lark, some friends of mine and I decided one year to dress up as Team Fortress characters. That's become we, quite a popular thing. I saw a lot of oh, engineers yeah. and, and medics yeah. and stuff at New York Comic Con this year. And, and the props they've built for that, like yeah. uh, flamethrowers, yeah, oversized, you know, Gatling guns, and all the creative new weapons, of course, with the TF2 updates. Yep, yep. What, what class did you really choose fun. to uh, start out as when you started cosplaying Team Fortress? Well, at the time, I was slightly more portly than I am right now. <laughs> and uh, I was just the right shape for the soldier. So I was a soldier. Okay. Uh, Which year yeah, was this? Do you, do you remember? Uh, 2009, I think. So how, how, like, what did you build your, how was your, how built out was your costume as, uh, as that stuff goes? It was pretty good. Um, my, so I had six, my wife and my friends and all of us, we did a whole team and we all did pretty good. It was a good, uh, jumping on point. It's kind of a, uh, Relatively low maintenance kind of costume. I, just, I had to make a rocket launcher. Obviously, you need a rocket launcher. The yep. classic, not any of the BS kind of. No, uh, no, normal rocket launcher. Okay, vanilla, and uh, some. And I had to uh, make a custom shirt, but I'm. I actually have done a lot of sewing since uh, high school, so I did okay with that. And we were. It was very well received, and it was kind of infectious getting that attention at a convention and uh, just running around and having fun and having people ask for your picture. So the next year we at PAX again we did um, uh, StarCraft II characters. So we put more time into it. We had more complicated costumes, and uh, and after that it, it just snowballed. Just and then it's like, well, Emerald City Comic Con's coming up. We have to make something new for that. And then maybe if I fly to Boston for PAX East, I could do a new thing for that. And then well, now we have to go to Dragon Con. So it like got way out of hand. <laughs> but 
it, it was our passion. It was my passion, and, and it continues to be so until I was able to turn it into a business. So, so at what point do you discover that you're good enough at this for it to not be a hobby and you can actually professionally do it? Because like, I have no aptitude for this sort of thing at all. You've got to, have, you've, you've got to be handy with materials and tools and right. things to, to be any good at this, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's a sort of thing where a lot of people do it, and a lot of t- people do it pretty well. But a, a very select few of very passionate individuals take it to that next level. Um, and about a year ago at DragonCon, I met uh, my now friend Harrison Cricks from Vulpin Props. And he, and yeah, we know Harrison. Time, right, right. For the longest time, I'd followed him online and was inspired by him and used his tutorials to build things. And uh, we became buddies. And, and after a while, it was like, he does this for a living. Like, I could do it for a living. Before that, it seemed like a fantasy. Like, people don't just quit their job at Microsoft to go build crap in their garage and people buy it. But I was getting a lot of attention online and people emailing me, like, that's really good. I will give you a pile of money if you make one for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I like that plan. Let's, let's keep doing that. And uh, before I knew it, I had more commissions than I could finish uh, with my day job. So I was like, eh, why not? Uh, <laughs> Who needs that security and living life uh, full of anxiety and joy? <laughs> what, what, is, what does your wife say when you tell her you're going to quit a stable job at Microsoft and start building Mass Effect armor in your garage? Um, well, first of all, she is way into costuming as well. And she's extremely talented herself. She's very, very good. So the, the costume or cosplay aspect of it wasn't foreign to her at all. It wasn't like that. Don't, be, don't go be a weirdo. Uh, but she also started uh, – we both worked together at Microsoft and she recently quit there to pursue her career in video games, just in the video game industry and de- game design and all that. So we both kind of have this new jumping off point and it's a, it's a fun adventure for two married people who don't have kids to <laughs> take a chance and do something wild and crazy. So and, it, and it has now proven itself to be a viable business like this is, this is now your, your income and you put bread on the table and it's all good. Yeah, it is. It works. There's a lot about the um, the building things uh, that I'm getting. I've, I've been getting pretty good at it, but the business side of it, the you know making money, the shipping, invoicing, answering emails, all of the sort of technical businessy stuff. That's where I'm learning and improving like every day, and I have a lot more to learn. I'll tell you that much. What was the What was the first thing that you that you built that there was like a lot of demand for like what have been some of the more popular items that you've made for people um the first thing that really went crazy i had a guy uh commission me to build maroon's razor from skyrim which is a giant evil dagger actually i mean obviously the the one with the face in it right that you might be thinking of the wabajack that's the the wabajack yeah yeah. but you guys might be able to see i don't know if everyone else can can but i can see it so this is a um, the master that I built of that dagger, and it's made of from plastic. And Are people seeing this? Because all I see no, is like a steel no, yeah, Okay, yeah. All right. Well, if you but go that to is Punish- badass. If you go to punishprops.com, you can see all of my work. Uh, if you're just listening, or if you can't see me, perfect. Well, we have but some we have some pictures of other. We stuff do have some stream, other yeah. images of yeah. of your stuff. Cool. So anyway, um, I built that on a commission for a guy. And uh, I was going to just build it and send it off to him. And my wife told me, you should really make a mold of that so that you can you know, make copies of it. And, and I thought, because she had been playing Skyrim at the time, she just wanted one. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah, of uh, course. So I mean, a lot of stuff that you build, 
you know, that you get commissions for, you probably want one for yourself too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. There, I, my wall is starting to fill up with a lot of stuff that I've made. So um, are you, do you wait for people to kind of come to you and say, hey, can you, do you make me this? Or do you try to kind of stay ahead and predict trends like, oh, so like Dishonored is a game that people are into. Maybe I should look at maybe making some of that stuff because people might be into that. Before, when I was really getting started, I was trying to jump ahead of things. So I built the um, N7 Eagle pistol from Mass Effect 3. And I built that when the first concepts of it came out before the game was released. So I tried to get ahead of that trend. But now I'm really just playing catch up with my commission list. Um, people will email me what they want me to make. And uh, we negotiate a price and, and timetable and all that. And I'll, I'll just build it. So right now I'm building something from Skyrim, which has now uh, been out for almost a year. Um, so it's an older thing, but it's something someone really wanted. So but it seems like the, game, like the super mega hit games like Skyrim and Mass Effect seem to be like the perennial things that people always want mm-hmm. that stuff, right? Yep. Like the, the Mass Effect armor and the weapons in particular, that, that's a, that seems to be like a huge percentage of the it's stuff that you make. kind of the new Stormtrooper right? armor. Yeah, right? kind of. Right, yeah. Well, we, have, we actually have a group on Facebook called the N7 Elite uh, Costume Group. So all of the Mass Effect cosplayers, we all know each other. We're all friends, and we share what we build. So it's kind of like Star Wars has the 501st, which is their costuming group. Um, uh, Halo has the 405th costuming group, and we have the N7 Elite group. And we all, we all know each other. And, and people, if they want a, uh, a Carnifex gun, they'll, uh, they'll come to me because I'm the guy that makes those. And if you want uh, N7 default armor, there's a guy... Uh, uh, David Carpenter makes those, so we, you know, everyone kind of knows each other, and well, it works out pretty well. I mean, the neat thing about that community seems to be that um, everybody, everybody's really inclusive, and it's not a super yeah. competitive thing where everybody's like, "No, this is my secret proprietary thing that I figured out how to build this." Everybody seems to work together, and the same thing applies all the way into like the astromech guys and the people who mm-hmm. are making wallies and and. You know the people who are making making props or replicas of props or replicas of of artifacts from movies are. Um, I, I mean, a lot of it just wouldn't be possible if it if people wouldn't work together. I'm surprised yeah. that it's not more together. competitive. You'd think that people would be like, "Well, this is my proprietary technique, and I want to make sure that only yeah. I have the best version of this thing." Like, you know what? That, they own none of the IP, so everyone's true, yeah. like, you know, it's all EA or whatever game company owns it. So you got to be respectful. Yeah, Don't but, but the. As far as like techniques and stuff go, uh, I think a lot of the sharing aspect came uh, because most of us are members on the RPF, uh, the Replica Prop Forum. Mm-hmm. And that's just a wealth of people sharing how they built stuff. Um, and the other aspect of it is uh, one of the reasons why I think it's so inclusive and such a uh, fertile community for, for sharing is if you join the, the N7 Elite group, right, all the Mass Effect costume play, uh, makers, uh, everyone that's there has made has gone through that process it's they've built their own armor or they built more than one set of armor i've built i think four sets of mass effect armor so far everyone gets it everyone kind of knows that that very satisfying very hellish sort of thing you have to go through to to get that end product so people are um more likely to be encouraging, more likely to share. When they see someone did something uh, not as well as they could have, they're likely to, instead of berating them, uh, encouraging them, it may be a better way to do it. And, and sharing information rather than saying, hey, that's, mm-hmm. that's really a shitty job. Right, right. Which is, which is the neat thing about RPF. I, I, it's, it's interesting because I wonder, I, you know, I hadn't spent a ton of, R, R, of time on RPF until we kind of got to know Adam and Harrison yep. and some of the other guys that, that spent a lot of time there. 
Um, and I wonder if that community would be so, uh, you know, so, so much, so, so such a good community if it weren't for like, what came first? Was the community good before the RPF or was the RPF the reason the community is good? I think that, that community, they, I mean, Harrison says in Atlanta where he is, there's a group that meets up in person. Um, and there just aren't so many of you guys out there and having a forum where people can share pictures. I mean, yeah. it's why it's still on like an, kind of an old looking forum and not on, you know, something like Facebook. Well, there's such a wealth of information there that yeah. you don't want to risk losing anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, I mean, you do mostly stuff from games, right? Right, Bill? Yeah. Uh, it's funny because people will ask me, they're like, oh, I saw you made something from Team Fortress. Would you be able to make something from this other game? And I'm like, the process is really what I'm interested in, uh, you know, build, sculpting and building props and mold making and, and building physical objects is what really I'm into. So I can, I can make stuff from, from movies. I made a, a pistol from Battlestar Galactica uh, that I'm, I was really stoked about how that what, came what, out. The, the one that Apollo and Starbuck carry? or uh... Yeah, the one from season one. Okay. Um, the colonial handgun. Uh, but I just – I made stuff from video games. Then people are like, oh, you make video game props. I'm like, Sure. So that's just what I get a lot of requests from because people see that I've done it before in the past. But I, you know, I can make whatever, I guess. And it's it's different because a lot of people on RPF, whether they're doing for movies or video games, the amount of assets you have are very different. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in a game, you can go for from concept sketch to in-game model. You know, pull yeah. out files and basically get and get textures and stuff mm-hmm. for for art and movie, yeah. for movies. You can't really do that. That's true. Uh, with I know with most of the Steam games, you can actually open most of the video game models in their model viewer and just like rotate around the 3D model and get perfect screenshots of all of it, which is uh, very, very helpful instead of going frame by frame on a Blu-ray trying to get that right shot of, uh, you know, Malcolm Reynolds' pistol or whatever. It's Having a 3D model is pretty cool. Well, and you know, from talking to like like the R2D2 and the and the and the Wally guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, with with R2D2, you go through and you try to find the stuff that the prop masters were were making when they did yep. the original designs. With Wally, it was originally just a 3D model, which seems like yep. it'd be a lot easier. Except you can't just go to the hardware store and get the right kind of bolts. You have to then right. fabricate stuff, and it and it becomes a, a lot more of a problem. And also, the scale of Wally changes throughout the movie. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, and I've talked to video game designers. When I was in my, um, I did a costume from Dragon Age 2, the Hawk Mage costume. And he's got this big belt, giant belt buckle that, uh, it, that it is not functional. Like, no way built, it could hold up pants. No, no, it wouldn't hold up pants. It wouldn't even buckle. Like, it doesn't work right. But it looks good, and for the video game, it just needed to look good. Uh, you know, a real person didn't need to wear it. And I actually talked to the designer from BioWare when I was at PAX. I was like, you know this doesn't work, right? He's like, it looks good, right? <laughs> but when you're building that in the real world, you have to uh, sort of cheat a little bit. And again, make it look good, but also I have to wear it now. Do, uh, do game designers, uh, how open are they to sharing assets with you uh, that aren't in you know, the game files? You know, uh, they are work. not. They're not, not open to that. No, no. The, the whenever I do, like I build 3D models for for doing Pepecora, or um, I, I, I'm going to start getting into 3D printing more. My my traditional um, training is in 3D computer art and modeling. Um, but if you take a 3D model straight from a video game and then send that to get 3D printed, or 
they don't they kind of don't like that <laughs> so well i mean and that, yeah I, I can see how the, that would be and also they kind of don't want you mass producing this stuff right? i mean these should right, be right. kind of hand yeah. handcrafted yeah. labors of love right yeah um you said you mentioned Epicura. Uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of a it's that that's a th- something that's new, to, relatively new to me. Um, can you explain a little bit about what what Pepicura is and how uh, like how you use it to kind of mock stuff up and and sure and and you know because I, I think it seems like a good jumping off point for somebody who maybe wants to try this stuff out and doesn't have the time or resources or or, or want to learn how to do vacuum forming or whatever the sure. next next step up is. So the best part about Peppercorn it is very scalable. You could take uh, so you could download a 3D model that someone else has made, or what I did was I, I made one myself, and uh, I just modeled it in Maya. And there's a program called Peppercorn Designer, which is free. And um, I believe if you want to save files, you got to pay like 30 bucks for it. But it's a very low barrier to entry. You plug a 3D model into that. And it'll flatten out your model mm-hmm. into little shapes. You can split it up so that you can print out all of the segments with a normal printer. So I, I did it with just my normal inkjet printer that I've got next to my computer here. And I printed it out on heavy cardstock and then cut all the pieces out. And it's got the little tabs on the corners so you can glue all the pieces together. So I built a mask from Dota 2, the uh, Juggernaut mask. And I had... Uh, the shape of it, the basic shape of it, printed out and done in just a couple of hours. It was really quick, and it was it cost me a couple sheets of cardstock and some printer ink yeah. and a little bit of glue. So you could print it out with the texture on it on paper and print it out, and you have what looks like the model, and, it, and you could be done at that point. Yeah, a lot of people um, don't get that what you print out can be textured also. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so it's not just flat faces. It's not just flat. Paint. Correct. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Um, so a lot of people do that. I saw some people doing Borderlands masks like that. The yeah. the cover character mask, they would print it out. Someone else, someone has provided those files, and you all you have to do is download the, the files and print them. Cut it out, glue it together, and you've got what looks like a pretty good mask. Uh, what I'll do then is take that cardstock mask or piece or whatever it is, and I'll cover it in epoxy resin and then uh, backfill it with... Um, with fiberglass and fiberglass resin to make a super rigid sort of frame for it and then fair out all of the faceted faces with Bondo so that I can make a, a nice smooth organic looking piece and then paint it like that. So what you end up with is a mask that is very rigid and very durable um, and it, it, the, the time investment is very minimal as opposed to sculpting it from clay or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then sculpting with Bondo, I mean, that is the next step after you get with the mm-hmm. Pacora stuff. And that's when you can have a lot of fun with them. Yeah. Bondo, I, <laughs> I use a lot of Bondo. <laughs> I wear a respirator almost all day, every day, because it's very toxic. But I do a lot of stuff with Bondo. What's the, what's the most complex or involved or, or challenging thing that you've, that you've made so far? I mean, the, 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 N, the N7 arm is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. That one was up there. Um, I built armor for Veronica Belmont for Dragon Con. That, that was great. Yeah, oh, it looked fantastic. You. The pictures were really good. Cool. Uh, that was um, the armor on that was a lot less uh, geometric than the N7 armor. So I had to. I used the EVA foam floor mats to build that, and I did for the Mass Effect armor and for the Demon Hunter armor that I did for Veronica. And explain. Um, and that's a, a tip that Harrison actually gave when yeah. you're building yep. the. The Mass Effect uh, armor, the texture of the armor is you don't have to actually 
yep. you know, mold that yourself. There is foam, like four foam or something, mm-hmm. that you can buy sheets of it and cut that, and it has a kind of like metal texture, except oh, it's wow. soft. Yeah, it, it, it uh, simulates carbon fiber very well, and one side of the foam is textured and the other side is smooth. So for the, the Demon Hunter armor, I used the smooth side. Um, the challenge there was getting uh, slightly more organic armor-looking shapes out of that foam. And I ended up doing some pretty unnatural things with the foam to get it to sort of bend into that shape. But uh, I made it happen. Awesome. Um, how many pieces are in the Mass Effect armor usually? I mean, it seems like it's a pretty involved ch- chunk of, like, there, there's a lot of bits and pieces moving around there, yeah. right? Yep, you got your boots, you got your thighs, uh, torso. The torso is very involved, front and back. Is it like Usually, buckles together, kind of? Or? The, the torso, the way I did mine was there's a seam down the shoulders and down the sides, and they Velcro together. Um, I can take them apart for transport because I got to move it around and ship it to a convention and everything. But then they got the big shoulders. Those are usually separate. Uh, gloves and vambruses. Um in a helmet. I don't like wearing helmets, but a lot of people are way into their helmets. Yeah, the, the helmet is a little scary on the con floors because it really yeah. shoots your vision, I think, right? Yeah, my, uh, my wife did a Phantom for Mass Effect 3 for wow. a Dragon yeah. And she actually, now she went to school with me for 3D computer art, and she modeled her helmet completely in Maya and had it 3D printed at Shapeways. Oh, wow. Uh, it was, for A, very expensive, and B, awesome. It came, it they shipped her a Mass Effect helmet. It was nearly done. That's amazing. Did she? Did it come in color? Did she have to paint it, or was it? Um... She had, well, she had to. It's it's kind of porous the way the way it yeah. uh, ends up showing up. So she had to prime it and fill it and, and sand it a whole lot and then paint it. Did so she, there was. Oh, sorry. Did she do the laser centering one or the which which do you remember which kind she used? Mm, I don't remember specifically. No, but it was really cool. And uh, when that thing showed up. I was sold. I'm like, if I need to make a helmet, I'm doing it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, talking to Harrison when he talks about making helmets, yeah. it's a bunch, bunch of molding and sculpting oh, and carving. He's the helmet and, guy, too, oh, yeah. His Daft Punk helmets were, were yes. rad. I got, to wear, uh, I got to wear his Daft Punk helmet uh, at Dragon Con last year. It was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it, you, you feel like a, a completely different person wearing a Daft Punk helmet. Yeah, you do. Out. I think that's why people wear helmets. Um, I, I mostly I don't for technical reasons because you sweat your face off and you can't see when you're wearing one. Yeah, put a yeah. couple fans in there. Uh, <laughs> my, well, my wife did that with hers. She put one fan at the chin, pointing at her face, and it was not enough. Oh. So usually, at least two pretty burly fans to keep your face cool. Yeah, it's, it seems um, it seems awfully sweaty for a, a place that's already pretty sweaty. Yes, yes, very sweaty. What are the what are the hot trends in in armor and and cosplay and weapons? Like what what are you what are you building right now? Like what where are your commissions coming from? What do people want right now? Uh, Skyrim is still pretty hot right now. I'm building. Uh, it's called Keening. It's a dagger that's got like a gem for a blade, and it's all bronze and metal. Uh, and I'm gonna cold cast the pieces for that. Where you put um, it's plastic resin, but you you put uh, metal powder in it. And then you can buff it like it's metal. Hmm. So you don't have to paint it. It's really, really cool. So I've got that. Um, let's see, Just looking at my list here. I've got some stuff from uh, mostly Mass Effect. <laughs> I've got it. People are like, oh, you're the Mass Effect guy, right? I'm like, well, I can make whatever you want. People are like, well, 
I bought a Mass Effect gun. Okay, I'll make another Mass Effect gun. <laughs> well, Mass Effect and Skyrim are still pretty hot right now. What are what are the what are the hot what are the more popular Mass Effect guns? Because there's a pretty wide wide range of them, right? But the pistols are, are always yeah. popular. Well, I like the pistols because, like personally, I like the whole gunslinger pistol thing. But uh, people really like the M8 Avenger, the assault yeah. rifle. I think Mass Effect Two, maybe that might have been when it showed up. But people love that gun. Uh, several people have done that, and uh, Project Triforce was actually uh, licensed to do a run of those that were really, really good. Yeah, I, I saw, saw some of Comic-Con. those at New York Comic Con. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the M8 Avenger rifle is th- yep. their version of that looked pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. They also did the Predator pistol. I got to play with one. <laughs> it was really cool. How, now how do how do the things that they make compare to what you do? Um, they are a similar level of detail. They do they cast it in something called polystone, which is kind of like a sand like sand imbued with super glue. Kind of. It's, it's I'm like not. A- I've never done it before, but it's heavier. It's really heavy, but it's a uh, for for casting lots of stuff. Apparently, that's better. Mm. I do. Pre- I cast preserves them. the mold more. Maybe I don't know, uh, but I do. And I've got again for people who can see me on video. I have my molds are built out of silicone. Mm. Um, and silicone. Oh, wow. I wish you could see that. It's um, yeah. So it's it's a yeah. it's a it's a silicone mold of looks like a paladin, right? Yep. The yeah the crown effects paladin. And, uh, how long do the molds last? How many how many castings can you get out of that? Um, if you can get like forty. Or maybe fifty casts out of it. That would be awesome. That's pretty cool. My my uh, N7 Eagle uh, kit. I'm like I might be pushing thirty on that, and it's it's starting to show its age. It's yeah. Well, I mean, they have a limited life, and they and, do. Yeah. And then you make another one, or you stop making that that thing. Yeah, exactly. I have um. I did a Protoss pylon, like a little lamp. Ooh, and, yeah. I've seen that's pretty cool. Norm's yeah. interested. <laughs> Need more pylons. Uh, Yes, must construct yeah, additional. I, I must construct. I that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's two jokes in one there. Yeah. Um, so, so we should talk about the you you were kind enough to make a paladin pistol yeah. for us to to auction. Yeah, no, this is this is pretty this cool. Um, is very cool. Uh, this it, is no longer just theory. We have the real. Well, we don't. Here. It's in the mail. Oh, it's Hopefully. not here. Hopefully, it's in the mail. Yeah. Oh my it, we, god! I was. We so don't have it? No, we have pictures. We, can we at least put the picture we up? We can um, definitely put the Joey, they're up. in the folder. They're called Paladin 1 and Paladin 2. So oh, we are now announcing. God, I was hoping that would be here by now. The no. second I wanted, to, I wanted to manhandle yeah, it. I know. We, we, yeah. I was going to do all kinds of like action figure poses it's, with it. It's stuff. hard to believe, but the fine folks at the USPS. But this is pretty cool. Bill not only constructed one of his custom Mass Effect pistols for us, but he also um, did it in a, in a custom uh, tested. Yeah. Color scheme. We tested logos and stuff, and it's a it's a unique piece. I think it turned out it, the pictures look amazing. I can't. It looks to, great. To yeah, there it. it is, right there. There we go. Is that, what people, is that what people are seeing right now? That yeah. is what people are seeing right okay. now. So it's in the it's in the kind of the signature uh, tested yellow and gray color scheme. You see the tested logo on there. I mean, now, which particular model of test of, of uh, Mass Effect pistol is this? Uh, is, that is the Paladin. Okay. Yep. This is the one that I uh, used in, in Mass Effect 3 to, to great effect in Horde yep. mode. That's the one that, that's the same one I used uh, throughout most of the game. Because you can stasis someone mm-hmm. and then slowly move your aiming reticle because I'm terrible at aiming and then <laughs> smash them in the face. So it's a high damage, low rate of fire, as yeah, I recall, yeah, right? Yeah, Let's yeah. let the people watching right now know that this is up for auction right now. 
uh, for charity, of course, uh, the process will be exactly the same as the previous auction. Send an email to tips at tested.com and just put Mass Effect Pistol in the subject line plus the amount that you want to bid on, and we'll be announcing those you know, in 15-minute increments. Say 2 o'clock is the close time on this one? Yeah, let's is give people a little extra, extra time Yeah, for um, this one because it, it's awfully nice. I feel a little bad putting nice. this up in the wee hours of the morning, so I'm going to put it up on Twitter too in case people want to Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, it, let let people know, uh, unless you're bidding, in which case, probably looks you should let people know. Awesome. Uh, um, I I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, and, it looks great. And it's I love it. I am bummed that it didn't get that. I sent it on Monday. I don't know why it's taken so long, I, but it, I will tell you this: if if the U.S. mail uh, loses it, then uh, I will make another one. That so. that well, that would suck. But yeah. uh, no, they're not going to lose it. All right, good. I, and I will say this too, Gary, that I believe you asked me to do something for the thing at New York Comic Con less than two weeks ago, and I built it. It was, it, I mean, it, when, when, you, when you said to me, hey, I can't actually make it in person, but how about if I make you a gun in time? I was like, but the thing is only like two weeks away. Oh, no problem. I can do it. And in fact, you totally delivered, except the U.S. Postal Service didn't. Yeah, jerks. I mailed one to uh, New York, too, for a friend of mine, and it got there. Mm. Saying Postal Service. Yeah, I don't wow. know what's going on. Maybe the, maybe there's some postal worker walking around with a with a custom predator oh, pistol geez, right now. I that would paladin pistol. Down. That would not be cool. Bill, are you at yeah. a point where I mean, for this for this model, for example, I don't know how many yeah. you've built so far, uh, but your point where most of the time constructing it is in the casting, or is it in the painting and the weathering? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Usually, what I do when I get a new commission on something like this is I'll build the the master and make a mold of it. Mm-hmm. And for the first commissioner, I, I I paint it and sell it to them. And uh, but from then on, what I do is I'll just sell blank kits. Oh, uh, the casting time from on my end is much much lower than yeah. sanding and painting it. Mm-hmm. And then the cost is much lower, and and I can you know build more of them. Do you do? And, oh, I'm sorry. Do, do you do runs on a uh, junkyard and RPF? I haven't yet actually, but I think that this the um, the Carnifex model. Uh, pretty soon, I am going to do a run on the junkyard for that one. And so, so to explain, what's the difference between like a cast kit, um, for, uh, you know? As opposed to something, a finished product. So what a lot of people on the RPF will do is they will build something and post finished photos of it so you know what it would look like finished. Yeah. Then offer to do a run of kits. And what you get in the mail is an unpainted, unfinished model of that particular prop. And it's usually cast out of uh, polyurethane resin. That's what mine are all cast out of. And what you have to do uh, to finish it is things like there will be a seam where the two halves of the mold met, mm-hmm. if it's a two-part mold. you got to trim the seam and sand it, usually sand the whole surface, and then prime it, and then do all the painting yourself. Yeah. So for something like that, Carnifex, uh, what I, and I have on my website, I have a, a painting guide. So when people you know, buy a blank kit, they, they know what they need to do to finish it. Uh, I'll paint it, prime it, and then I spray a textured paint on the the grip to make it a little you know a little different than the the rest of the gun. And then I uh, um, I'll 
mask off different parts of it and I have an airbrush and I'll paint the different colors and everything and then I'll go in with decals and paint all the nice details and the, the text and the lettering and all that gets painted with stencils mm. and then the, I weather it which is the fun part where yeah. you get to make it look all dirty and gritty That's and all beat up. And stuff. Are there good guides online for how to finish kits and how to sand them down and paint them? I mean, You, said, you mentioned that your site you have a few yeah. guides up there. Yep. Uh, if you if you want to really know how to make something look good and weathered, go go look at uh, vulpenprops dot com or dot net. I think remember. it's dot net. Yeah, yeah. He, his painting and weathering stuff is second to none, and he is very very thorough about uh, his build things. I do the same thing too. I am of course just copying him on my website. When I finish a project, a project, <laughs> I'll post photos and then I'll say how I built it. But uh, one thing you can do if you want to get good at painting is go buy like a cheapo, like three dollar uh, toy gun Nerf or something. Gun. Yeah, ner- or a Nerf gun, and, and do me a favor, go ahead and sand the the Nerf logo right off of that thing before you paint <laughs> it, and then just uh, prime and paint that thing, and do a couple of them, kind of you know feel it out. Yeah, that's, that's good a, practice. That's a great tip. Yeah, and, and you know, for people who are listening to this after the fact and, and aren't in the chat, uh, what is your website? Uh, my website is punishedprops.com, uh, but I also do a lot of back-and-forth chat on Facebook, on facebook.com slash punishedprops. Uh, usually what I'll do every day, because I'm in the shop all day every day, at the end of the day, I'll take a photo of whatever it is, um, whatever it is I've been working on and post it up there and then have a discussion on Facebook about what it is I'm working on, my techniques, and answer questions right there. Yeah, well, it looks like your site is getting slammed right now. Yeah, apparently, Sorry, apparently we've, uh, we've crashed your site a couple of effect. times already now, so that's that's probably a good sign. Is this kind of and stuff affordable? Like, if I if somebody wanted to, to buy a full set of like Mass Effect armor from you, I mean, what's that what's that going to run someone? Is this a luxury item or is this for the masses or what? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this: <laughs> it's definitely going to be a costume you wear, wear more than once. Uh, you want to. I know that the going rate for like a default set of Mass Effect armor is somewhere in the range of like seven hundred to like twelve hundred bucks for like the the base model. You don't want to get the base model. You want to get something really cool, so that you know it sort of goes up from there. Well, what's the difference between the base model and like the the top of the line? Oh well, I'll tell you what. There's a guy that did really good uh, template files from the Mass Effect Two default N7 armor. So mo- that's what most people build when they when they build armor because the templates make it you know not easy. It's still very time consuming, but it, your starting off point is, is much much further down the road than if you were to do it from scratch. My Defender armor, there were no templates for that. No one else had built that one before. Um, so what I did was I built a plaster cast of my torso, and I kind of drew templates right on my torso and built it out <laughs> from there. So it's obviously a very more time-intensive uh, project and uh, more detailed than the default armor. So you know that's where the cost comes from. And the the set of the Defender armor that I saw you in at Comic Con, which looked great. Oftentimes you, you you think these things look great in pictures, but in reality it might look a bit shitty. You know, to the naked eye, but it actually looks great, and and the full version of it like has the lights, and it's pretty amazing. I mean, the the thing about going, to, I mean, if you've been to, if you've ever been to Comic Con or Dragon Con or seen people walking around in costume, and then you've gone and watched like gone to prop shows and museums, like the the actual Star Wars props that they used in the movies when they took them on tour and they were at the National Air and Space Museums, 
looked so much worse yeah. than yeah. the dudes walking around <laughs> Comic-Con in homemade uh, uh, Stormtrooper armor, Boba Fett armor. Yeah. Because like those guys you look at from two feet away yeah. and the, the props you see you, you see on the movie and they're pe- people two inches tall. So Yeah, I've said this I mean, many times, but you, oftentimes when you see real uh, movie props or, or stand on a real movie set, the, the stuff looks kind of shitty to the naked eye because it's amazing what film lighting can do to make something yeah. look better than it really is. And you only sometimes you only catch very quick glimpses of it and you see a real prop and you're like, oh, that doesn't look as good as it did in the movie. But the stuff that, like, what Bill makes and, and, and to, 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 I guess, a similar extent, the stuff that you buy from, like, sideshow collectibles or whatever, like those kind of really, you know, expensive hero props have to actually look better than the thing that they're based on mm-hmm. because they have to withstand a much closer level of scrutiny. Yeah. People are going to pick that thing up and really stare at it up close. So our high bid right now on the Mass Effect pistol is $555. Wow, we're off to the Paladins. We're off to a huge fun. start. Um, and we're going to run until 2. So right. um, Josh says if he falls asleep, he'll pay in the morning. He's good for it. He <laughs> promises. Um but uh, yeah, if you want to go higher than five hundred fifty-five dollars, wow, send an thanks, email. Guys. I think we'll easily beat that. E- an email to tips at tested dot com. Uh, put With the name Mass of the prop, Effect Mass pistol. Effect pistol and the price. Uh, it has to be more than five hundred fifty-five dollars, and uh, and you know we'll keep well, you updated as the night progresses. It's uh, I'm not you know I'm not terribly competitive, but at last year's uh, <laughs> Child's Play charity dinner, mm-hmm. Harrison's. Gravity gun went for twenty one thousand dollars. It did, oh and you know what? We talked to one of the guys uh, who was bidding on that, and at that point, uh, it's it's. I mean, it, it's just so they can have it. And yeah, it. wait, what exactly was the prop that he made? It was the, the gravity, gravity gun, gun from it was, uh, it was from Half Life. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it's, it was a one off too. One off. I got to play with it. Yeah, yeah. he might. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, no, no, anyway. no, no, no. Let's let's not yeah. give away too many secrets. But I will be going back to. I, it's in here in Seattle, so I go there when I can. Uh, so I'll be there this year, and I'll 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 put something up there again. Uh, see what he does this year again. You know, we didn't get you know, to like, go. There's last some, year. Yeah, it was it was a it was a weekend that we were booked doing something else. We yeah. couldn't come up. Wait, yeah. wasn't are you talking about the gravity gun or the portal gun? The no, gravity he, gun. He did a portal gun, gun before. Because I remember there was a portal gun that, that sold yeah. for a lot of money at a child's the, play auction. The yeah. portal gun only made fourteen thousand. Oh, oh, is that all? Yeah. And, <laughs> then, and, the and that was guy, before NECA started doing the you know, yeah, their, their plastic ones. The same ones. guy bought both of them too. Wow. So so he was in on the second one. Yeah, uh, the the gravity gun. He was gonna get it come hell or high water. <laughs> you know, I, I have you looked at? Have you thought about doing a TF2 turret? I know that's. Uh, a- yeah, you know what? You know what? Uh, my friend Xander did a really really good one. If you go look up Z Props or Xander Brandt, he did a really good uh, TF2 portal or not not portal uh, turret. So if you look that up, and I believe Valve has one. Yeah, the one that Weta did for them is pretty. Oh amazing. my god, it's ter- oh, the portal turret. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. well they, they they did a, a TF2 turret for them and subsequently yep. also yeah. a portal turret, yep. both of which were pretty amazing. Yes. The, the TF2 turret, when you walk into the office, it kind of tracks you, which yeah. is a, yeah, little, a little unnerving. It uses you know, turret tracking software. It is. It is it's motion like You don't want to be on the other end of a, of a machine with a gun. And, of course, you know, the other the thing, because I, I didn't even know that he was into this, but the other guy, of course, who loves to build this stuff is our own Adam Savage. Yes. I, I had no idea, but like he's a big enthusiast, and he, he's it made is. some pretty amazing stuff himself. He has, but it's not from video games, just from movies. Right. Yeah, he's into the movie stuff. He yeah. and. Yeah, kind of a hero for me, kind of, kind of up there for as far as heroes go. But yeah, he's super active on the RPF, and he yes. answers people, and and that that's really cool. He's on there every day. Yeah, I mean, his Rocketeer yeah. stuff. I I remember yeah. thinking that was pretty the amazing. Rocketeer, the ZF one uh, from uh, from Fifth Element. 
Right. Uh, the Hellboy and even glove like and even stuff that you wouldn't necessarily, necessarily think to replicate, but like like Jason Bourne's lockbox, like yeah, the with, burn bag. The burn bag yeah. is just really cool. You know, you well. can they're, they're doing a run of the burn bag right now. If you, you want sure to, uh, if you want to get in on just the bag and Wait, the, who's, the trash who's doing can. That? So people in the RPF, they'll do they'll do runs of like some guy's building one or he's casting one. Hard to find he'll, items. He'll generally. you know whoever wants in, he'll check what the interest is like, and he'll say. You know, sign up. I can make twenty of these or something. Right. And I think right now, for like hundred fifty bucks or something, you could uh, get yourself a burn bag. And what exactly are you getting for hundred fifty bucks? You get just the the perfect replica of the red bag and the the garbage bin. You have to fill everything else yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you collect the other stuff yourself. Yeah. Um. And and more more often the runs are for things um like hard to find parts for an R two like if somebody needs a weird bearing yeah. for a, for a particular gun or like an R two D two head spinner or something like or more, that. Or more likely like you know, lightsaber hilts. Yeah. Then, then people will. So somebody will do one part of the lightsaber hilt, and somebody will do the other part, and everybody kind of pulls together. Believe me, RPF Junkyard is a terrible yeah. place to just oh, hang geez. out. And I, that sounds like the kind of place I would like to lurk and like. Do people oh, post pictures and stuff there? Because oh, the yeah, photos are there. Check that stuff Great out. photos. You're like, oh, can I justify spending this? Oh <laughs> no, I can't really do that. Yeah, but I've always I, uh, wanted. After Dread came out, I love that movie. Oh, the helmet, really good. Uh, a friend of mine, or not a friend, but a guy that I follow, another prop maker. Yeah. Um, blue crap. Now it's suddenly failing me. But blue, blue realm something. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he went and made a dread helmet. Like uh, I don't know, a week after the movie came out. Wow. Um, blue realm studios. If you look them up on at least on Facebook, he did. Uh, he's doing a run of, of dra- unpainted yes. dread helmets and Just castings. I, yeah. I am going to get one. Oh, a dread helmet would be pretty <laughs> The cool. new dread helmet. And you can just buy like one of those um, uh, welding visors to go yep. plug into the visor. You know what? That's an under-cosplayed character. Yeah. Well, now that the movie's out. That's going to be That's going to be a little expensive to get the helmet, even though it's just mold. But it's a little more affordable. It's the badge. Yeah. Right. You can get yep, the badge. Yep. Right. Oh, there are people doing custom badges. Custom badges. You your name. Get your name oh, on the badge. Oh, no way. Widow. Yeah. Smith. Yeah. Because yeah. I do like to judge people, as you know. Yeah, you exactly. are a well-known yeah. judger of people. Very um, judgy. So, Bill, if people want to get started doing this stuff, I mean, obviously, right. sign up for an account on the RPF and, yes. and go start talking to people. You know, As always, you join a new message board. Learn the culture first before you start. Yep. You don't want to be that guy. No, you don't. Um, but but then, I mean, what's the next step? The Pepecura stuff is a good step, good good next step, you yep. think? Or um, Start getting really friendly with EVA foam. Those floor mats, um, you can make armor for them, but I also know people that will make whole guns from those, those floor mats. And is it pretty you sturdy? Can, uh, that it's, um, well, it's, you, well, here's the thing. You can hit someone and it's not going to hurt them. It's super lightweight. Uh, they're not as durable as something like a, a resin, like urethane resin, like mm-hmm. the guns that I cast. But it's, it's insanely cheap. Like you can get a package, go to Harbor Freight, get a package of four, two foot floor mats for like 10 bucks. Get oh, some, wow. Get some super glue and just start cutting stuff up and making things. And then if you uh, want to learn how to do like resin casting and stuff like that, I mean, there's obviously safety stuff when you're dealing with the epoxy yep, stuff because yep. there's some bad fumes and you, you actually do need to get a respirator. Even working with Bondo, you either do that in a super well-ventilated area or wear a respirator or probably both if you're smart. Um, we have now cracked a $1,000 bid for the pistol, by the way. Wow. I, think, I think that's oh. – I think we've got a ways to go yet as well. Holy so that's cow. Good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Bill, uh, we're running. We're we're coming up to our last little ten minutes or so with you. But before right. we leave you, we do have a tradition here where we like to ask guests to uh, do a Mad Libs with us. Hooray! Um, so, and we all do right. encourage you to work blue. Okay, by by all, right. all means, because we usually get better results that way. 
right. in the last uh, Mad Lib, for example, on a expedition to the moon, Norm was an expert in cock, and oh, yeah. Will was the ship's fluffer. And was, uh, people oh, seem nice. to enjoy that. It was very colorful. Uh, I'm going to give you a choice of uh, Mad Libs from outer space or monster Mad Libs. Oh, we got to go with monsters. Monsters, because that is the Halloween. Halloween, the Halloween theme. The, and, the, um, the theme for SteamCon this year is uh, Victorian monsters. Hmm, uh, and monsters so and monster cool. hunters. I went as a monster hunter, actually. I've got my steampunk pistol right is here. Is SteamCon going on right now? Yeah. Oh, I, I wish I knew about that. Okay. Uh, I would have loved to document it. And uh, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Should you forget what an adjective is or something, as I often do, you know, just call out on the... I'm happy to help. Well, my English teacher father would be very disappointed. Okay, well, well okay, oh, good, okay to, so good to know. Don't good fail, to know. Bill. All right, so let's do this. Let's do this real quick. We'll work through it. Okay, uh, first right. of all, give me a number. Uh, pi. Wow, I can see where yeah. this is going to go. Yep. Oh, um, is... A noun, please. Uh, space pistol. Right, you so just draw, drawing on your own personal you? experience here. Yep. yep. Um, part of the body. Uh, the nasion. What? Ooh, what's the nasion? It's like up the top of your nose, nasal. You, all right, I, I can see how this Nazion. is going to go. You're going to be one of those guys, aren't you? <laughs> um, another so, noun. Let's see. What do I have here? Ooh, you know what I have? X-wing fighter. I saw you guys have. Hey, we have one, one of those too. Is that the Lego one, or I, is that a real one? It's the Lego one. We oh, have the nice. Lego one, one here also. The, the this last year one. Yeah, it's a good kid. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, an adjective. Uh, slimy. All right, why not? A noun. What else do I have here? Thor's hammer. <laughs> this, is a a very, this is a very... Gonna hey, be a was very that, from a, that was from a RPF, wasn't it? No, I got this at a comic book store. Oh, okay. Uh, a type of food. What did I have today? Uh, teriyaki chicken. All right. Yeah, Thor's hammer is Mjolnir, by the way. Mjolnir. I knew that. Okay. I have to watch the movie or reading the comic books. I have to admit, when I first saw the Avengers movie, yes. I didn't know as much about Marvel Thor. mythology as I thought I should. <laughs> so I kind of picked it up as I went along. I was like, oh, only he can lift the hammer because he's Thor. Yep. You I, saw didn't know Avengers. That. I didn't know that right off the bat. And then, you know, after the Avengers came out, a kid, somebody posted in the forums and said, hey, I want to take a block of steel and or aluminum and carve a Mjolnir out of it. And there was a massive thread where people were explaining to him that it would weigh like 600 pounds, even if it was aluminum. <laughs> but wouldn't that be the point? Because it would be realistic that no one could yeah, lift but, it. But no then one thought. he wouldn't be able to lift it either. Yeah. He could get a hand But that would feel realistic around. to me. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> Gary's a very good point. Fair enough. A very good point. That would be kind of fun to have Mjolnir sitting in your living room and but no one no can lift it. Right. No, 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 as you as it should be. Right. That, you just put that, it in your living room as a way that, to troll guests. It's like, this thing is stupid. I can't lift it. Well, you're not Thor. That's <laughs> yeah. accurate. Working Obviously. as intended. And then, and then when you call the movers in, you have to get people from, from Norway. <laughs> yeah, like, you'd, you'd have, have to find Norwegian a guy. Moving company. You could maybe find a guy called Thor who could right. lift it for you. Or, uh, or Magnus Samuelson. Exactly. I bet he could do it. Uh, a noun. Oh, boy. Um, what else do I have here? Xbox controller. Okay, that's a that's a, that is. A I don't noun. know if this is gonna. Okay, you you got to go more Eject, adjective. Remember monsters. Oh, well, I, I, it's not so much looking for a theme. We're just looking for often yeah. rude words. Help. Adjective <laughs> is uh, creepy. All right. Another noun. Werewolf. Ooh, topical. Mm. Right. Plural noun. 
Uh, blue-footed boobies. Ooh, it's a bird. Or if you want to shorten it, just boobies. But you're talking about the bird, just to be clear. Oh, obviously. Yes. Holy crap. Okay. Uh, a noun. What nouns? Uh, pirate no, hat. A, a what? Pirate hat. I have one over there. Uh, plural noun. Mm, wangs. A lot of noun. Wangs? Wangs, yeah. okay. All right, and Ooh. one more noun. Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't know why this is so noun-heavy. This is a, you picked a terrible Mad Lib here, Gary. Well, they designed it can, a bad be anything. Mad Lib. It's the uh, world's most popular word game. Now, my noun is Pilsner. Pilsner. Yeah. I don't know about this one. This one, I, this is very. It's going to be very esoteric. It's just a list is, of nouns. Yeah. I know it's just noun, noun, noun. I, right. th- I think that I think the mad, the good people at Mad Libs. I may have to write them a, a, a stern letter. <laughs> Strongly <laughs> take, worded. Take care of this. Fix this situation. <laughs> um, this one is called superstitions. When I was a kid, pi years ago, which I guess would be like three point one four five three point one four one five nine two seven five nine two five one eight. I can do pi to more decimal places than you can. I'm pretty sure. Actually, that's not probably not true. No. Three point one four one five. You used to just run them off sitting in the office. Six. Well, I round because I can't go more than seven. But the next one after six is high, higher. so I round it to seven. That's all I but remember. That, so I'm more norm, wins, more precise. Then. Norm wins. Fuck you. When I was a kid, five years ago, we used to believe in superstitions. Like, it's bad luck to open a space pistol in the house. I guess that kind of works. Okay. Sure. If your nasion itches, it means an X-Wing fighter is coming to visit, and you'll have slimy luck <laughs> if you find a four-leafed Thor's hammer. And we believe that if you spill teriyaki mm. chicken at the table, you had to throw some over your left Xbox controller. I don't have an Xbox controller. If oh. you're creepy toe hurt, it meant rain. And if you broke a werewolf, you'd have seven years of bad blue-footed boobies. <laughs> well, you know, the blue-footed boobies. This one is boobie. just surreal. Today, kids have different superstitions, such as it's bad luck to jump on the railroad tracks just before a pirate hat pulls in and don't throw wangs at policemen. That's always good <laughs> advice. It's pretty solid advice. But actually, there's only one superstition I believe in. Whenever I comment on my health, I remember to always knock on a piece of Pilsner. That one was well, just that one was just kind of like existentialist. I, I, yeah. I feel like I've I've missed something. I'm telling deep you, in my just, life. just sweary words and obscene body uh, parts. You yeah. all, you can never go wrong with those. <laughs> Not everybody wants to go the juvenile Gary Witter route, though. No. But but when you do, that's when you get internet gold. Bill, thank <laughs> you so much. Um, the the high bid right now on the Paladin pistol. Maybe uh, Joey can put it up on the screen so everybody can see is uh, uh, hanging strong at a thousand dollars. Holy right. shit! We can well, we can um, beat that. We are. Yeah. Yeah. going to uh, keep that open for about two hours and six minutes. So if you need to go dig some uh, change out of the couch cushions, uh, it is a badass-looking pistol. Right now, we, wow. I wish we had it here. It's in the mail. But um, we will we will uh, find something. It's a customized-tested Paladin pistol for Mass Effect mm-hmm. 3. Well, thank yeah, you that guys is, That is really me. an amazing, custom, unique thing. That, that, is, that is one an of artifact. a kind. That, I an mean, artifact. that is literally one of a kind. Yeah. There, isn't any, there is yeah. no other tested... Uh, Mass Effect pistol in the world no. out there. It, well, unless this one gets lost in the mail for real. In which case, Bill, we'll make another, another one. And, and then it's yeah. a mailman. The winner will have one and some... some right, and some, some asshole mailman. Yeah, some bad yeah. mailman will have one as well. Bill, thank you so much. Um, your website is punishprops.com? Yep. And, uh, and yeah, we will uh, we will talk to you in the future, I hope. Great. Well, thank you again for having me, guys. It's thanks a lot, cool. Bill. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Bye. See you. Bye. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll end up over, well over $1,000 on that on that pistol. 
All oh, right. so hey, We're, and that means it's time for us to take a quick break. Oh, is it time for a little uh, archive to, break? We need to archive the audio version and the video versions. We'll be back in just a little bit with more Octobercast. Um, we are. This is the end of hour six. Hour six, oh, like hour four, hour is that a quarter of the way through? One four, one quarter of the way through. Yeah, and again. Just to be Let clear. me just remind you, last year when we hit that point, we were like, a quarter of the way through? No, we're problem. doing great. The I'm telling you, remember where this ended up last the time. The difference is that was 6 scene. p.m. when we hit a quarter of the way through. We're at midnight now. It's almost tomorrow. Yeah, but we don't get to end tomorrow morning like we did last I time. Know. We're going to be through 6 in the Once evening. the sun comes up, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, fucking right it is. Yeah. Downhill hard. Downhill. Um, up next, I don't know if they're here yet, but we have uh, Are we supposed to have? No, no, no it's Robbie. Robbie. Oh, who's, who's Roberto Baldwin? It's, it's Robbie Baldwin. Who is Robbie, that? Robbie uh, came in last year. He works at Wired. He told us a bunch of horrible stories. Oh, about yeah, I remember him. Um, I, I remember him as Robbie, not you remember as Roberto. Robbie, yeah. I, the, not the, the formal Name de Palme is Roberto. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to cut out now. Joey's uh, killing the video feed. We'll be back in just a minute. Live exclusive stream content starts now. Yes.